Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you just in one moment declare your, your dependence on God? Can you tell him I need you forever? Can you just in one moment, one solemn moment, just talk to God? Let him know you're here because you need him. Father, our lives are nothing without you. We are nothing without you. We acknowledge your presence. The, the Bible says in all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him. Lord, we acknowledge you. We admit that without you we are but very little. We amount to nothing. But with you, O oh God, with you, O oh God, Lord, we need you. We need you today. We need you forever. We need you, O oh God. We need you, O oh God. You're welcome in this place because we need you, O oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can you turn to your left and your right and make welcome to your neighbor? Tell your neighbor, welcome to Koinonia. In case you're wondering where you are, this is Koinonia. It's a place where you experience the presence and the power of God. You experience intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, just before we go deep into the service, I'd like to make a few announcements, please. Please, you may be seated for the meantime. Thank you. Last week was our miracle service. How many of you are excited? Yes, I'm excited because God did awesome things. And we want to hear the testimony of things that God did. If you like to share your testimonies, our media department, just a media representative is just by the PR desk waiting to receive your testimonies. You can go and register your testimonies and you'll be given an opportunity to share what God has done for you with the people of God. Amen. If you're around and you have a general inquiries you like to make, um, the public relations department is just outside. They have a desk. You can walk up to them and make any inquiries and they'll be glad to guide you. And as we know, there's such a large crowd here. It's a gathering of people. And uh, we want to encourage you to please pay attention to your properties, your phone, your bags. Please, you like to put them in a place where you can see. And uh, at this moment, uh, we may not... You may not be allowed to charge your phones using the sockets again. So please, if your phones are there, you want to um, pick them up. Also, in line with that, we want to please um, um, just let you know that use of phones to snap and video during the course of the service is not allowed. After the service, you can go ahead and take pictures and um, do your videos. But during the course of the service, we would like to have your attention on the service, please. Thank you. Also, we have a medical team, a robust medical team. In case of any medical emergencies, we'd like to just encourage if you need assistance before Jesus the healer steps forward to heal you, the medical team is also there to be able to attend to you. And we have restrooms on all floors of this auditorium and also outside. You have need of that, you have need to use it, please go ahead. You can ask any of the ushers and they will gladly guide you to one. We also have trash bins all around. You can please do well to use them instead of littering the hall. And how many of you are expectant today? Come on, you came to church today, you're expectant. Come on, is someone excited to be in church today? Is someone excited to be in the house of our Father today? 
Come on, if you are excited to be in church and you know you have come before the presence of a living God, can you jump up on your feet and let's give the Lord God Almighty a shout of praise. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, let your voice thunder. Let the, let the Lord hear you. Let the heavens hear you. Let it resound on the earth. Come on, give the Lord a victorious shout of praise. Hallelujah. The shout of the king is in our midst. Amen. We have five ways you can connect. I want you not to enjoy the service alone, but please would like you to share the link with others so that your loved ones can join. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, MixLR, and um, on Instagram. Yes, please. So we want you to please share the link with others that they may join and participate in the blessings. Come on, one more time, people of God. I want you to give the Lord a victorious shout of praise. Your shouting make it louder tonight. Give Jesus a praise tonight that is due his name. Why don't you lift up your hands and your voices tonight and begin to magnify him. It's time to pray. We came to the house of the Lord to pray tonight. Lift up your voice and magnify him. You are here alive, hale and hearty because God has been good to you. Lift up your voices and give him the glory that is due his name. Father, we thank you tonight. We come into your presence with thanksgiving. We enter into your courts with praise. We are thankful unto you. We bless your holy name. Is somebody magnifying the name of the Lord tonight? And we bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Join me and let us exalt his name together. Lift up your voices and give him glory. Whatever pursued you here tonight, will you let it down at the feet of Jesus Christ? Whatever burden that you came in with tonight, will you drop it at the feet of Christ and give him the glory that is due his name? Father, we thank you tonight. We lift up our voices from this auditorium, world over, to give you the glory that is due his name. Father, we bless your name tonight. We bless your name, Jesus. We magnify you. Let your mouth be lifted tonight. Lift up your voices tonight. Open up your mouth and give him the glory that is due his name. Father, we bless your name. Jesus, we magnify you. Jesus, we glorify you. Did somebody come in here to magnify the name of the Lord? Father, we bless you. Thanksgiving and praise is a two-edged sword. Lift up your voice. It's a weapon of war and a sickle of harvest. Because when the people began to praise the Lord, he laid an ambushment against the enemies of Israel. Father, we lift up your name tonight because there is no one like you. We bless your name because you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the Tanner Rock of Ages. I lift your name above my situation. I celebrate you above my circumstances. I bless your name above the lack and want that is tearing me in the face. I bless your name, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Praise and thanksgiving is a sickle of harvest. Lift up your voice as you harvest your testimony with the sickle of harvest of praise and thanksgiving tonight. Father, we give you all the glory for 
the success of last month. Miracle service, lift up your voice and bless his name once again. Lord, we bless you, Jesus. We magnify your name. Thank you, mighty God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of our God. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of our God. Lift up your voice and pray tonight. God did not call the seed of Jacob to seek him in vain. You have come here tonight because there's a blessing in the house for you. Lift up your voice and pray tonight. Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24 depicts the life of Isaac and all the troubles he had with the Philistine. Our focus tonight is 26. Genesis chapter 26 verse 24. Genesis 26 verse 24. The Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto him this same night. God is making appearance for somebody tonight over your family your business and your marriage in the mighty name of jesus and the lord appeared unto him the same night and said i am the god of apostle joshua selma your father fear not for i am with thee and i will bless thee and i will multiply thy seed for apostle joshua selma my servant's sake Listen to this. Last week, God's servant began to declare the prayer of the blessing over our lives. And tonight, we are going to be taking this word from this scripture and saying, Father, for the sake of your servant, not for my sake, 
Praise the Lord. If you truly believe in the grace in this house, for the sake of your servant, Apostle Joshua Selman, Lord, bless me. Multiply my seed forever. Lift up your voice and pray that prayer tonight. Lord, multiply my seed. Even in this season of complaining, even in this season of seemingly economic crunch, Lord, distinguish me for the sake of your servant, for the sake of the grace in the house tonight. Lord, bless me. Lord, multiply me. I refuse to fear their fears. I refuse to fear what the people are fearing. In the mighty name of Jesus, because your prayers are answered tonight. Give him all the glory that is due his name. Father, we magnify you with the same intensity in which you prayed. Give him all the glory that is due his name. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you, Father. Give him a shout of praise tonight.
might come in Shekinah into this place tonight. God in the midst of his people. Pray in the spirit. Can we saturate this atmosphere with his presence? Precious Holy Spirit. We know you are here. Would you help me to hold your neighbor as we pray in the language of the spirit?
joy for an encounter with this Shekinah presence and the glory of his majesty. Moses said, carry us no longer. If your presence will not go with me. He said, what shall be the testament that we are yours? And he said, my glory, I will go with you. You will see my glory. Holy, 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 come on worshiping, holy, 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 for your name is holy. transformation is a place of spiritual revival rejuvenation it's a place where we have an encounter with multifaceted dimensions of God's power demonstrated in signs wonders and miracles but tonight we would like us to pray and cry for an encounter Exodus chapter 32 so the encounter or a case of the children of Israel with Moses. 
Moses who appeared to be God's own face at that time to God's people he was also to say like a mountain of transfiguration 40 days I'm sure he never knew he was going to stay that long and he was there enjoying the glory of God's presence and the people say when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mounds Moses delayed when the results that you are looking for delay, Moses could mean many things. And then the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Oh, make us gods. So when this God is not coming as expected, let's look for an alternative. They have forgotten the God that wrote ten signs and wonders. In the land of Egypt, the Bible said when they saw the Red Sea parted, they said they believed in God and then believed in his servant Moses. But all of a sudden, they forgot of those experiences just because Moses delayed. Just because what you are looking for didn't arrive at expected time. He said, make us gods which shall go before us. What happened to the God that brought you out of Egypt? As for this Moses, this Moses, we don't know what has become of him. That man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what was become of him. And when you read further, the co-minister of Moses, who was Aaron himself, never had time to even talk to the people to wait. Maybe he too had been anticipating, just waiting for those propositions to come. And then Aaron too stood up and began to partner with them. Why? It was Moses that met God at the burning bush. Aaron never met God. The people never met God. So there was no an encounter that would crystallize and give them the conviction of this God. An account of that was also given of that Samaritan woman. When she went to go and beckon on the people, he said, The Savior, who is called the Christ, has come. And when the people came, John 4, John 4 verse 41 to 42, the Bible said they believed in him. Many people. But verse 42 said, Not just. Let's go to 42. And he said to the, they said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, but we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the savior of the world. You are going to cry and talk to the Lord. Father, in this service tonight, give me a face-to-face -face encounter with you. Give me a face-to-face -face encounter. I want to see you. I want to see your face. I want to know your way I want to touch your grace So I can live your grace I, I want to see you We want to see you, oh God Can you turn that to a prayer point? I want to see you, oh God I want to see you face I want to know your ways 
I want to touch your grace so I can see your face. I want to see you. We want to see you. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Celebrate Jesus. We are celebrating Jesus, not your neighbor yet. Is that how you celebrate your maker? Is that how you celebrate your maker? Can you shout a shout of joy tonight? Inside and outside, wherever you are, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you please take your seats um, in the presence of the Lord? You are welcome. Turn to your neighbor. We're going to do something prophetically. It's a song. I want you to hold the hands of your neighbor very quickly. Just hold the hands of your neighbor and say, it's a song. We're going to prophesy. There is no reason to worry. You're speaking to your neighbor now. There is no need to fear. The battle may be raging. But victory is sure. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Victory is sure. When you are there, when you are there, that's the song. When you are there, when you are there, you can sing it if you know it. When you are there, when you are there, when you are there, when you are there, when you are there. the privilege tonight to welcome each and every one of us even as the ministers has led us through the powerful charge tonight down from the um, worship team um, this is koinonia a place of intimacy and partnership with the holy spirit a place where we come to experience the transforming power of god's word a place where people are liberated situations are turned around a place where we are committed to the ministry of the word, the ministry of prayer, fellowship, and in breaking of bread, even as the scriptures teaches us. It is a doctrine that we teach through God's servant, Apostle Joshua Selman, the progenitor of this ministry. But I have the privilege tonight to welcome a set of special people amongst us. Um, they are the new, the first timers, I beg your pardon. If it is your very first time here, Let's put our hands together for them. If it is your first time here at Koinonia, on the grounds of Koinonia, your very first time, please rise to your feet. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Come on, we prayed for them. This is scripture being fulfilled. It says, the head shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. Daily the Lord increases us, not just in numbers. Hallelujah. We've prayed for them. The Lord has brought these ones to us by prophecy has ordered their footsteps to this place um, we have that responsibility to speak over them we'll be praying for them shortly but I have the privilege on behalf of Jesus the head over this church and God's servant Apostle Joshua Selman I welcome you specially this is Konyonia can we celebrate them once again we love you we prayed for you and the Lord has brought you to this place here tonight Hallelujah. Can you, if you are sitting beside someone standing, just shake them, 
can extend you a warm handshake to them. And following online, if it is your first time, our online media will be welcoming you specially. You can just indicate in the comment section, following for the first time, and you will be welcomed. God bless you. Thank you for fellowshiping with us. Quickly, a team of PR officials. Please remain standing, remain standing. Thank you very much. It's going to be fast. A team of PR officials will be putting into your hands a card. It's a welcome card. It looks like this. Uh, whatever it is, we will receive it from you. Saints of God, can we stretch forth our hands and pray for them? The first timers, the ones that the Lord has sent to us, let's speak over them. The blessings of the covenant that we have with God in this house. That every prayer that will be raised on this altar tonight, it will not go to God unanswered. It will not fall to the grounds unanswered. In the name of Jesus, we declare that every heart cry will be visited. The Lord will hear. The heavens will hear their cry tonight in the name of Jesus. And as they have come to encounter the God of our salvation tonight, they will not go back the same. Their lives will be turned around. Like our Father will say, like day and night, in the name of Jesus. Can we celebrate them as they have their seat warmly? You are welcome to Koinonia. Hallelujah. Can we praise God with a clap one more time as people that have seen the faithfulness of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you look to your neighbor and say, God is alive and he's in the business of changing lives. Hallelujah. Once again, welcome to Koinonia. We're about to receive testimonies of what the Lord is doing. We're a privileged house, a blessed and honored house. In this place, we have seen diverse miracles week in, week out. We receive testimonies of what the Lord is doing in and through this ministry and through the servant of God, Apostle Joshua Selman. We have seen diverse medical conditions turned around. We have seen the dead come back to life. We have seen nations transformed. And we are about to receive another set of testimonies. Is there anybody excited about that? You should rejoice because every testimony reveals to you what the Lord is doing. It reveals to you the grace that is available in this house tonight and it stirs your faith to trust God for what was previously called impossible. Hallelujah. Right away we'll get into the testimonies. Let's welcome the following people who would be sharing with us tonight um, here physically. This is the first name I have is Santis Sheda. Please encourage with your Applaud Santis Shada, Ruth Alpha, Ruth Alpha, and then Ovioma Ruth, Ruth Ovioma, Mr. and Mrs. Daniel Maxwell, You did not celebrate when I called the previous names, I think. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then the final name I have before me is Awani Taiwo. Hallelujah. Now, very quickly, let me just read the testimonies I have before me that have come in from around the world of what the Lord is doing. Please pay attention. 
and let your heart be open. The grace that has made every testimony you hear tonight possible is still available for you tonight. The first testimony I have before me is from Ifai. Ifai says, I joined Koinonia 2011 and my life has changed greatly. I have totally rediscovered God in a different way and my heart is full of praise. I worked with a particular bank for 19 years, serving diligently, but being stagnated. My promotions were not forthcoming, and by December 2022, I knew God had to intervene. When Apostle prayed for restoration in December, I cried to God and asked for his help yet again. This time, God answered me. Today, I have a new job. Can someone celebrate Jesus? With a new bank. I am a manager with my salary doubled and a brand new car. Can someone celebrate Jesus? This, is, this next statement really blessed me. She says, I now give jobs to people. Can someone celebrate Jesus? And as you celebrate, I see the Lord taking you from joblessness to being a source of jobs for others in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And it is so in the mighty name of Jesus. The next testimony I have is from Elizabeth in Lagos. Elizabeth says, for over five months, I experienced difficulty in defecating. Even when I managed to, I couldn't sit down without painkillers due to severe pain. I became apprehensive each time I needed to use the toilet, although I was told I didn't have pile. A proper diagnosis was not attained. I was advised to stay off carbohydrates, which I did, but it didn't help. During the May miracle service, Apostle Joshua Selman asked us to lay our hands on the parts of our bodies where we were trusting God for healing. I followed the instruction, and when my case was mentioned in faith, I declared my healing. Since then, hallelujah, I have not experienced any pain. I can sit down properly when using the toilet. I received my healing, and I give all glory to God. Can we celebrate Jesus? This is so touching. Can you imagine how embarrassing and painful this kind of situation is? You cannot use the toilet freely. You cannot sit down. But by that miracle service, she experienced a healing after the word was declared. And she is healed completely. Let's celebrate Jesus one more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Next testimony is from Simeon here in Abuja. In May, I shouldered significant financial responsibilities that impacted my finances. I had pending house rent and a 100% increment in my wife's school fees. Every door seemed closed. I had lost the contact details of a valuable client and I tried reaching out to his wife via WhatsApp on May 1st, requesting her husband's number. However, she didn't open the message. During the May miracle service, Apostles Joshua Selman declared a restoration of lost relationships. I wholeheartedly received the prophetic declaration. The next day, someone say the next day. My client's wife replied me apologizing for the late reply and provided me with her husband's number. Two days later, he offered me a job valued in six figures. I am here to give all glory to God. Can someone shout hallelujah? 
Hallelujah. And restoration is coming your way tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This next testimony is from Fatu E.M. in Seattle, USA. I am 32 years old and I had been having back pain exactly since I was 13 years old on the day I got my first menstrual flow. I have lived with this pain all this while. The pain became severe after I got married in 2021, extending to my lower abdomen. I met my gynecologist and was diagnosed with a uterine fibroid, which also hindered my conceiving. A surgery was recommended to remove the fibroid. On May 28, 2023, I couldn't go to my local church because the abdominal and back pains were severe. And as God would have it, it was also the May miracle service. So I connected from home and followed every part of the service. Apostle Joshua Selman prayed for the sick and asked God to place, and asked us, I beg your pardon, to place our hands on the afflicted body parts. I did so, and few minutes later, both the abdominal and back pains were gone. Returning, hallelujah. Returning after Apostle Selman finished the prayer, I poured my heart to God in sorrowful prayer. I went to bed Sunday night with those pains. But people of God, I woke up pain-free. Can someone celebrate Jesus? Pain-free, she says. Monday morning. Okay, I woke up pain-free Monday morning and could go to work. From Sunday night up till Thursday, I forgot that I had formerly, um, I formerly had pains in my body. I immediately testified to my husband and a friend that the pains had been gone for four days now. I am grateful to God for the gift of Apostle Sermon. Can we celebrate Jesus? You can imagine taking pains right from when she was 13 years old. But the Lord has brought healing. Now, it doesn't matter how long that medical condition has been in your body. See what the Lord has done in our dear sister's life. God is able to do it in your life in Jesus' name. If you're trusting God for a supernatural healing, let me hear a loud amen. Amen. And it is yours in Jesus' name. This next testimony is from Charity. I write to testify of what God did for me at work. I was employed as an outsourced staff in a financial institution in 2013. As the year went by, I, I expected promotional consideration to a core staff, but it was not forthcoming, despite my qualification. Others who joined the institution five years after me were converted to core staff members. In March, I heard a lady testify in Koinonia about a new job in the USA. After listening to the message titled, This Grace Called Favor, I got the message from YouTube and I listened to it for the first time and multiple times. The thought of seeing a divisional head who is not even in my region came to me, which I did. Two weeks later, I received a mail from the bank's recruitment team directing me to submit all my certificates for consideration, and I did so immediately. The following day, I got another email stating that I prepare for a presentation the day after. At this time, being 35 years old, I was no longer qualified since the acceptable age bracket is 33. Yet, I strongly believed that God's favor supersedes all policies. 
Charity says, during April miracle service, I told God that I don't want the prayer point to resurface in my May miracle service prayer request list. And God heard me. To my utmost shock, the processes were compressed in my case as God did a quick work. It usually takes about four months for all completed processes. But in my case, everything happened in three weeks. As I write now, I have received my employment later, but dated to 15th of May. And I have been posted to a branch as a supervisor. Can someone celebrate Jesus? This can only be by the favor of God. Can someone shout this grace called favor? Hallelujah. The final testimony I have before me is from Irene. Irene says, I write to return all the glory to God Almighty. I testified about my period returning after the April miracle service. And before then, I had had three years of irregular menstrual flow and had been unable to conceive since 2020. I attended the UK conference in Manchester and Apostle Joshua Selman asked the people that wanted the fruit of the womb to come out and I went out and also connected in faith for my friend who has had several miscarriages. Behold, Irene says, I have been confirmed pregnant after the conference. Can someone celebrate Jesus? Irene says, thank you, Jesus, for visiting me. And as you celebrate this testimony, the Lord comes to visit you tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now let's receive those that are sharing with us physically. It's amazing to see how one declaration through our Father Apostle Sermon, and then you see all kinds of miracles. I believe that your word, your specific word is coming to you tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Your name and what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord, church. I am Ovio Maruth. I'm here to return all glory to God for what God has done for me. Last week's miracle service was for me and my family. Apostle made mention of a particular statement while he was doing his declaration. He said, you are here. You don't know, but you always feel like you are overweight, but you're not overweight, but you're always feeling tired. If you can remember, he made mention of that. That's me. I started noticing it last two months when I started my exercise. And after every of my routine exercise, I always feel tired. I start, I'll begin to pant. And even to open the gates, it's always, after opening the gates, I'll still be feeling that fatigue and all that. After exercise, I'll have to sit down or lie down for about 30 to one hour before I'll, you know, get up. But after that day, and on Monday, I went back and I did my exercise as usual. I want to return all glory to God because now, immediately after my exercise, I just go into the bathroom to take my bath. I want to return all glory to God. Secondly, Apostle also made mention of you that somebody is not here, but the person finds it difficult go using the toilet. That's for my dad. And that problem has been there since last year. But we became more concerned after his illness and he was admitted in February. He can go for a week without using the toilet. It's not normal that we had to go to the hospital. Doctors tested, they said nothing was wrong with him. But after that day, I even forgot. So I called my mom on Tuesday and I was like, Mommy, how far? How are you guys? 
And then I now asked, I was like, ah, Apostle mentioned daddy's case, so, but I believe that God has healed him. And she was like, yes, so that, in fact, her exact words, that God has taken over. That now, all those waiting for a long time, it's no longer there. I want to return all glory to God. Thirdly, this is also for my family. Apostle made mention of a challenge, marriage challenges. My brother has been having a little challenge in his marriage for a while, and I've been, it's been my pain because I stay with them. So I've been really concerned and I've been praying. After that day, I went home. I didn't tell him anything. So he said he was traveling to see his wife. He came back yesterday, today, okay, today. He came back yesterday, and this morning while we were going to church, we were discussing, I was like, how far? He now said, ah, he's happy that he's thankful that he made that trip. Normally, if she's coming back to town, she doesn't call him, she would tell me. But I was surprised. He now said, hey, she said she's coming. They said, yes, she told me. I was like, wow, thank, I just want to return all glory to God for restoring my brother's home, for healing my, my dad, and also for healing me for what I have no knowledge about. I say, may the name of the Lord be glorified. Amen. Can we join our dear sister and celebrate Jesus? Powerful testimonies of healing, not just for her, but even for her family. And we thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Go ahead, ma'am. Your name and what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord. Um, I my name is Ruth Alpha. I've been struggling with my will to leave since the year 2020. And on my birthday, on the 21st of February, I found a message on on my phone, on the, on the podcast. And the title of that message by Apostle was, Jesus is my peace. And I just randomly stumbled on it, and I listened to that sermon, and my life changed ever since that day. Hallelujah. I've had so much peace. The peace that God promised us, that we would have peace that surpasses every understanding. That is the peace of God that is on my life. Secondly, weeks after I started following Apostle's sermon online and following his ministry online, and one night I was praying, I slept off, and in the dream, I saw Apostle, I was driving by, Apostle stopped me and said I should stop, that he wants to pray for me, that he can see that there's been a stench that has been placed on me. And because of that stench, whenever I'm close to achieving something, it doesn't work out. And that he's canceling that stench out of my life from that day henceforth. And I, and I, I said, amen. I woke up, I prayed about it. Weeks later, he came to the UK, Manchester, for his um, program. And I followed, I, I attended that as well. And in, this, in the, the ministry, he said, there's someone here. I, you saw me in your dream, and I prayed for you. I'm just reaffirming that prayer again. Nobody came out. I was the one. I knew I was the one. And afterwards, because I have a job, but it's not necessarily in the field that I wanted to be in. After that prayer, I started having series of recruiters reach out to me. It's now even a case of I don't know which one to go for. I was initially going for lower roles, like assistant roles, and I'm getting administrator roles at the age of 26. And I just want to give God all the glory. Hallelujah. Can we join our sister and celebrate Jesus? She has received the peace that surpasses all understanding. And lifting all round. Hallelujah. Go ahead, sir. Your name and what the Lord has done. Good evening, church. Um, my name is Santos. Uh, 
I'm supposed to have been here to give this testimony since um, November, November last year, but um, stretch fright and all that. In fact, this morning I was like, God, please put everybody to sleep when I'm done there. They can wake up. So, um, last year, it's actually been a battle for me. Um, for 37 years of my life, I couldn't find purpose. I was doing things that I was getting myself into depth that were not even from me. Debt from helping people. I had over 20 million naira debt in my life. I had no peace. I couldn't sleep. I was doing business. Sometimes I could go out, make as high as 10 million. I won't spend up to 100,000 of that money. I'm paying debts that were not stopping. So it continued that in my house, I lacked peace. I, I wake up sometimes at 3 a.m. I'll go out, I was crying on the street. And it didn't make sense to me. And the funny thing about this was that in the midst of that, some of these people, like two other people had reported the case to police. I've never been to police station before. Yeah, I was going back and forth, spending money, trying to get myself out of the um, situation until I stumbled upon Apostle Joshua Simon's message on um, Instagram. So I found my way here. But before then, I'd gotten into one of the issues that within 24 hours from living in a four-bedroom apartment, I started sleeping in a conference room somewhere on the floor. I left that house with just my clothes. Nothing else followed me. I was there for three months. And one day I was praying after coming here, and my prayer point was, oh, God, bless me. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, if it is in blessing, I have blessed you. What have you done with it? I was quiet. Then he said, stay with me. So that began a transformational period in my life from March last year. Um, I started getting more intimate with God. I started coming here every day. I started seeing changes in my life. One of the days, I remember sleeping, and I saw Apostle, and he called me, like, come here. So I went, he smiled, and he told me that your problems are over. From that day, the people that used to take me to stations, mind you, I had lost relationships from people in high places that would not even talk to me anymore. People that were taking me to stations were now calling me. And there was a time that I met someone that introduced me to one of these house amalams. And of the truth, whatever I was doing was working because I would go to stations where they should lock me up. They would just look at me, not know what they were doing, and then they would say, I'll go back. I was seeing results without peace. And at the end of the day, oh, I spent money buying RAM. RAM that would have opened family by now. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, coming here, I had to cut out from that person. I kept coming. Um, one of the days I was here, and they opened up the school of ministry. I applied, and I got admission. I was shocked. I was like, okay, truly then, God is truly trying to do something in my life. I've been holding this testimony since last week, Sunday, um, Apostle was praying, I came with a pain, and in my heart, I just said, Lord, if you heal me, I'll, I'll come and testify everything. Then Apostle mentioned that there's someone that slept on his left hand shoulder, came here with pain, and you're healed in Jesus' name. Uh, I got my healing immediately, and I knew I can't hold this back anymore. While I was here, I came with sore truth, I couldn't talk, and I discovered during the praise and worship, like the pain was completely gone. So I'm just here to give glory to God. I've gotten accommodation back. It came from even someone that was not talking to me for about two years. I woke up from the sleep and the person called me like, 
how are you? I said, why is this person calling me? I called back. Now, what have you been doing? I said, well, I've been homeless for seven months. The person said, okay, pack your things and come. That was how I got free accommodation, peace of mind restored by staying with him, relationship restored by staying with him, purpose farm in 37 of my life by staying all with him. I want to thank God for everything. I want to thank Apostle for making himself available. Hallelujah. And everything God is doing. Hallelujah. Can we join our brother and celebrate Jesus? The Bible says, the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and add no sorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please do go ahead. Your name and what the Lord has done. All right. My name, oh, our names are Daniel Maxwell, Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> All right. Truly what we have waited for have come to pass. Um, <laughs> Hallelujah. Please go ahead. I am my precious wife here that the Lord has given me. We have come to appreciate God this evening. We have come to give God all the thanks and the praise for keeping us and directing us and giving us the privilege to meet each other. In our place of service, we are served. <laughs> and we, it's not possible without our daddy, our father, Pastor Joshua Selman. We really appreciate you, sir, for this privilege. We honor you, sir. And for all the ministers that have put us through, the counseling and everything, we thank you. Mr. Kayode, we are really appreciate you. Pastor Kayode, um, Uncle V, we love you. We love you so much. And to our HOD, our ever-loving HOD, the one who has given us the platform to, to grow. We love you, sir. We love you, sir. We love you, sir. We love you. And to my precious family, the Coinolian Ushering Department, we sincerely from our hearts, we appreciate you all. We celebrate and love you all. Thank you and God bless you. Hallelujah. Can we join the beautiful couple and celebrate Jesus? Hallelujah. It's a beautiful thing when the Lord blesses. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. Your name and what the Lord has done, sir. Good evening, George. My name is... Hallelujah. My name is Awuni Itaiwo. <laughs> I just want to give God the glory and to thank uh, our daddy for, for the privilege he has given to every one of us here. I think uh, it happens in 2015 to 2016. I was in the Netherlands, and I was just on my laptop. Then I came across our daddy, Simon. I could not even remember the, the topic, but the only thing I had with daddy was just like, a day will come where the old world we had of this colonial. <laughs> that will stay with me forever. So I moved to different places, 
Then when Colonia opened in Abuja, my spirit said to me, that someone you heard that day, that was the minister. And since that day, I've been following every preaching. So uh, fast forward to 2020, I was to move to a club in Germany. And this was the year, what I've been waiting for six years came true for me. So that Sunday, my, my agent called me and said, this season you are going for the preseason for the first time in six years. I said, you have to move it to Monday, that I need to be in a service. So he shipped the ticket to Monday, then I fly to Abuja on Sunday. But before then, I went to my pastor in Lauren. He said to me, Taiwo, I, I know nothing about football, but I know your God has always been with you, who always followed you. So I came to the service on, on Sunday. I was, not, I was unable to meet our, past, our daddy. So the next day, I was privileged to meet him with some family with me. Then the, when he saw me, the first statement he said to me was that he saw a horse running. Then he prayed for the family, and the family was actually waiting for their visa. That same week, they collected their visa, and they are present in the UK. I went to the preseason, and my former club called me. They said they want me permanent. Then I was a bit sad because the club I have with already gave me what I needed to play with them for the first time in six years. So I have a decision to make, either to stay or to go. Then I said to the club, this time I don't want to go on loan. You have to let me go permanent if you, if you, if you want me to leave. So they let me go permanent, and that season was the best season of my career. I scored 15 goals, and I was the one that scored the goals that moved the club to the European competition. I came back to the service after the season was over, then I saw a lot of people testifying. I said, then my spirit said to me, why are you not there? Then I said, I was always shy. <laughs> then I could not come out. Then I said, after this season, I will come back on stage and I will testify to the glory of God. <laughs> Fast forward to this season, the club I was with, they said to me, we are the club in England that want you. We love you, but we think it's the best, it's the best chance for you. So I moved to England with my family, with everyone. At the beginning, it was really tough. I had no idea what was going on. My wife said to me, you stop praying. You don't pray the way you used to do anymore. And that was true. So uh, May 7, I think, Daddy was preaching about the ways of God. I was even angry with my sister that day because she was in my house. Then I didn't want them to know that I'm listening to Colonia because they would laugh at me that I look at you that are angry. So I put my earpiece on my phone, and Daddy said, the first statement I had was just, uh, was just an ordinary man under the influence of God, that everyone should return to the pattern that they used to praise God. That Monday, we had a game in the night. I was on my name from 6 o'clock to 12 o'clock. My wife was like, come outside, come and eat. I didn't listen. That night, that was the game I played with the easiest season of my life, and I scored two goals. <laughs> Luckily for me, it was the week for the revival in the UK. I said to my wife, sorry, these two days I'm not at home. I called Pastor Nair, I said, I don't have the ticket for the revival. He said, just come, I will send you the ticket. I went to the, to the revival. Then Pastor Nair said, I saw your goal. I saw what you displayed on your shirt, and that thing you displayed will work for you. He prayed with me, then he took me to Daddy. The first statement Daddy said was that, is that, that your football is only people that score they see now. And in my heart, I said, amen. And that was the end of the story. My club that was really struggling for education, we move from that zone, I will stay in the league. I just want to give up the Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we join our brother and celebrate the hand of God?
the power of God revealed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Koinonia, are we grateful to God for these testimonies? It is only with God that every single testimony you have heard here is possible. Let's just bow our heads and truly thank the Lord. We've heard testimonies of the sick being healed, miracle jobs, peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. This peace is not the world that gives it. It is only the Lord himself. And as you have come tonight, you have come into the atmosphere of his peace. And the Lord who has made every miracle, every testimony, every breakthrough possible, he's in our midst tonight. That same grace for favor is available. So while you're seated, can you just say, Lord, I choose to trust you again. I have heard of your mighty works. I have seen people share their testimonies. I open up my heart with faith and I say, Lord, I choose to trust you. Are you declaring those words? Lord, I choose to trust you. Say it again and again and again. In spite of and despite the situation in the country, Lord, I choose to trust you. In spite of inflation in the economy, hike in the price of fuel, in spite of the circumstances around my life, I choose to trust you. In spite of the pains in my body, in spite of waiting on you for years without a child, I choose to trust you. Tonight may just be your night when the Lord is remembering you. The Bible says the Lord remembered Sarah and he did for Sarah as he has promised. I believe the Lord is doing for someone as he has promised in his word tonight. Are you declaring, Lord, I choose to trust you. Lord, I choose to trust you with my life. I choose to trust you with my career. I choose to trust you with my marriage. I choose to trust you with my family, with my health. I choose to trust you with my business, my political career. I choose to trust you with every aspect of my life. I open up my heart to you and every department of my life and I declare again and again tonight that I trust you. Thank you, mighty Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Once again, Koinonia, can we lift up a shout of praise to the Lord and celebrate this great and mighty God? I'm sure you can make it louder. Can you celebrate the name of the Lord? I'm sure with the testimonies we heard tonight, especially with the last one, somebody will agree with me that the spiritual truly controls the physical. If it can control football, it can control your finances. One more time, can you give the Lord a loud shout of praise? Hallelujah. Amen. I'd just like to learn from the things we've learned in this house. We've learned about God's patterns. That one of the ways God disciples us by spirit is to show us a type of the person we are to become from scriptures. 
I want you to also know that anytime we are going through situations and circumstances, we can find that situation from scriptures. Like in the time of Isaac in Genesis 26, verse 1 says, There was famine in the land, and Isaac was tempted to leave the land, what we famously will call Jackba in our terminologies. Amen. But the Lord encouraged Isaac to stay in the land, and Isaac stayed in the land. And one of the things Isaac did was that he sowed in that land. And by subscribing to the covenant of Abraham, the Lord blessed Isaac in the land with a hundredfold. I'd like to encourage you tonight, in spite of and despite whatever is going on in the economy, this is another opportunity for you to subscribe to the covenant we have, that we have in Christ Jesus by giving. As Isaac sowed in the land, the Bible says he reaped the hundredfold in that same year. I know the Lord will show up for someone in this season and take you out of that financial crunch in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe with me that the Lord will be opening for you new streams of income, can you put your hands together for the Lord and celebrate Him tonight? I'd like to encourage and invite ups, I mean, forward here, those that are going to be paying their tithes. Please, if you are paying your tithes this night, can you make your way forward? And if you are in any of the overflows, please make your way to the front of the LED screens. The Bible says, bring all tithes into my house and prove me now in this. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have enough room to contain. If you are paying your tithes tonight, please make your way forward. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. That was what Elisha said to the woman. Do not fear. She was afraid, but Elijah, Elijah encouraged her to give. And as she gave, the Lord multiplied her seed sown. And she had more than enough throughout the season of the famine until the rains came back to the land. I'd like to encourage you, please make your way forward if you are paying your tithes. Don't forget, you can pay by giving of cash using the envelopes that are provided on your chairs. You can also make a transfer to the Koinonia accounts that will be displayed on the screen right now. It's the Eternity Network account of Guaranteed Trust Bank. The details are displayed on the screen. If you are following online, these same account details will be displayed and pinned to the page of your screens on any of the social media platforms that you are following through. Don't forget, we have other platforms with which you can give the domiciliary accounts as well, well as the USSD codes that you can use in worshiping the Lord. And don't also forget, you can beckon to any of the ushers around. They will guide you to an official with the POS terminal. If you came with your ATM card, you can also worship the Lord, sow your seeds, give your offerings by the way of the point of sale terminal. If you're already set to give your offerings tonight and pay your tithes, I'd like you to bow your heads as we pray together. Let's bow our heads as we release our faith together. Our Father and our God, we thank you and we bless your name because you first gave to us. It is a privilege and a honor for us to be able to give to you for the advancement of your work and the establishment of your kingdom in our lives and in our territory. Lord, as we take advantage of this opportunity to worship and honor you tonight, we ask, Lord, that you accept us and accept our offerings and tithes in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare, Lord, that as we give in faith, in spite of and despite whatever is going on around us, we declare that we experience this open heaven dimension of blessing in the name of Jesus. 
we declare that new streams of income, new channels of supply, new destiny helpers are popping up in our favor in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we open our hearts and our minds for your wisdom again tonight. That we will receive wisdom to know what to do and to know how to go about our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. The devourer is rebuked for our sakes. And we experience bountiful harvests. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. As you return to your seat, if you are giving your offering, please also take advantage of the envelopes around you and give as the ushers come around. God bless you. simple song together this is the Lord ministering to us he says be still and know be still and know oh be
Can you turn that into a heartfelt prayer tonight? The Bible says, Call on me and I will answer. I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The Lord is nigh them that call upon him. Someone is lifting up his or her voice in worship. Let the fire from your altar touch my heart. Let the fire from your altar touch my heart. Let the fire from your altar touch my heart. Sometimes you have no words to say, so say, yeah, 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 it's a chant in the spirit. spirits are receptive that you will breathe upon us yet again for the Bible says they go from strength to strength as many as appear before the Lord the workings of your spirit
hallelujah the patterns of God are so powerful that for as long as you walk in keeping with those patterns it is impossible to go down his integrity listen carefully his integrity is back of his word his integrity is back of his patterns this is what gives us the confidence to know that if he did it yesterday he will do it again today and we can predict tomorrow with accuracy that may sound like pride because of the consistency of his character that by these two immutable things the bible declares that it is impossible for god to lie this is our confidence this is our consolation hallelujah so you have come tonight i beseech you that your heart be open you have not come to meet a politician you have not come to meet an earthly monarch you have not come to meet some ambassador you have come to jesus the head of the church the one today exalted both lord and christ hallelujah the multi-breasted one and the bible says they looked unto him and their faces were lightened may the lord do us good tonight in jesus mighty name we pray let me one more time salute all those who are worshiping with us for the first time thank you very much remains an honor to have you worship with us and for our family connecting online azaria family and our global family blessings and grace to you in the name of jesus christ koinonia is a place that god has covenanted even with himself that this is a house of encounters this is a place of transformation a place of revival indeed and this is a place where the multifaceted possibilities of the spirit are allowed to find expression unrestrained and tonight will not be any different in the name of jesus hallelujah as always we're committed to bringing you the word of god you know i was thinking whilst preparing to come to church that the teaching of the word of god please listen the teaching of the word of god in partnership with the ministry of the holy spirit is the only platform for the enlightenment of the saints the saints are not enlightened just by passion the saints are not even enlightened just by desire it will take more than desire and it will take more than passion for the saints to be enlightened it will take the ministry of the teaching priest in partnership with the Holy Spirit to bring genuine enlightenment that leads to transformation how do you know that what you are receiving is light indeed two things number one John 1 5 the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not so if it is light indeed it must sustain the power to veto the presence and the influence of darkness the bible says that was the true light that means there are false lights information that carry a semblance of liberty but they do not sustain within them the power to set free indeed 
that was the true light that lighted every man when it has to do with the ministry of light every man is qualified to have access to light there are realities in the spirit where the bible will say he gave unto some but when it has to do with the ministry of light it says that was the true light which lighted every man regardless race regardless background that was the light the true light which lighted every man hallelujah the sun as we know is older than every man on earth yet its illumination and its strength its ability to shine has never diminished are we together now that is the excellency of light that light does not sustain within it the weakness of fading light is consistent in its illumination every time light seems to fade the problem is not the light the problem is the object reflecting it so there are times on earth where the night time looks very dark it is simply the problem of the alignment of the moon not the illumination of the sun as for the sun it remains ever bright and the bible says the path of the just is as a shining light is that in your bible that shineth more and more more and more is the destiny of every believer in christ even unto the perfect day may you find lights tonight in the name of jesus christ it takes light to rule neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel once that lamp is lit it is impossible to hide it hallelujah and so it's important for you to be very intentional about your receiving the word of god don't be careless about it at all jesus gave a parable and it was the parable of the sower and he said that a sower came and sowed good seed but on four different kinds of soils are we together and they produce several kinds of harvest for even the soils that were good some 30 fold some 60 fold and some a hundred fold that means it is the responsibility of every believer to open up your heart because the bible tells us how to be a good soil it says the one that fell on good soil are they that heard the word and understood it so your hearing and your understanding is what makes you a good soil praise the name of the lord tonight i want to teach on a topic that i believe is going to speak to so many of us i believe that this topic will give us wisdom will give us intelligence will mature our understanding as to the ways of god and will help us to be able to command greater levels of victory because this is the assignment of the teaching priest according to jeremiah 3 and verse 15 it says and i will give you pastors or shepherds according to my heart it says they will feed you with knowledge and they will feed you with understanding it says and that from a child thou hast known the holy scripture which is able to make you wise unto salvation hallelujah so when the word of god is taught it helps you to understand the ways of god and it fades away ignorance from your christian experience in the presence of light you can now walk in dominion hallelujah dominion is not a possibility outside of light it takes light to dominate psalm 
I mean Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1 it says arise shine not because you are tired of sitting down it says for your light is come amplified will say arise from the depression and the prostration that circumstances have kept you rise to a new life hallelujah praise the name of the Lord I'm teaching tonight on a topic that I title the afflictions of the righteous and I want you to please pay attention you would be learning a lot tonight the afflictions of the righteous Psalm 34 and verse 19 help us spirit of the living God we depend on your wisdom the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous many are the afflictions of the righteous then it says but the Lord delivered him out of them all two very powerful information number one many are the afflictions of the righteous and then number two it says the Lord delivered him out of them all say amen, amen. second scripture please Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 Romans 8 28 the Bible says and we know this is an information that is privy only to believers it is not general knowledge it says and we know we who are of the fold we who are people who have submitted to the word he said there is an information we know that gives us the staying power through negative seasons it says and we know that all things work together for good not to everybody to them that love god to them that are called according to his purpose can we look at one more scripture second corinthians chapter 4 please 17 and 18 second corinthians chapter 4 17 and 18 here's what paul says for our light affliction which is but for a moment he says walketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory 18 says while we look not at the things which are seen but the things which are not seen he says for the things which are seen are temporal subject to change but the things which are not seen are eternal may the Lord bless the reading of his word hallelujah now to start tonight the Bible teaches us that we have been called as believers into a life of victory that for the believer there is a very definite implication when you give your life to Jesus Christ as we know you receive of his life and you surrender your life to him the Bible tells us number one that there is a translation from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son number two the Bible tells us that you become the righteousness of God in Christ because now you have access through Christ to that gift of righteousness are we together then the Bible tells us according to John chapter 10 and verse 10 that for believing in Jesus you have access to that life I am come that ye may have life and that you may have that life more abundantly Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and when we get to verse 16 he says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life the greek word zoe 17 says for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world it says but that the world through him might be saved so there are many implications um to being a believer when you become a believer you are not an ordinary person among other things the bible tells us that you are the righteous are we together you are a bona fide recipient of the life of god you now sustain the potential to walk in victory first corinthians 15 and verse 57 the bible says now thanks be to god first corinthians 15 and 57 5 7 thanks be to god which giveth us the victory and that that victory comes through our lord jesus christ so it's important for us to know that the bible teaches in a very clear and unmistaking way that believers are called to a life of victory you must have that at the back of your mind number two is that the basis for the believers victory in the kingdom is the finished work of christ you must be able to defend your confidence as to the fact that you should live a victorious life because situations and circumstances will challenge that victory the basis for the believers victory in the kingdom is the finished work of christ that means the summation of everything jesus did from his death his burial and his resurrection this is the basis listen as simple as this point is if you do not know what is the basis for your victory you will just become a religious person who is speaking what seems to be right but it does not sustain any power in the spirit because the anointing is released on the strength of understanding 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 it is not what you say or do that releases power it is the understanding that supports what you say or what you do so this is a kingdom that is predicated upon understanding the spirituality and the correctness of your activity notwithstanding that means you can act correctly you can even speak correctly but from a standpoint of ignorance it will not produce any result are we together the sons of skiva were saying the correct thing we adjure you by jesus the statement was correct but the requisite understanding that will release the power to back what we're saying was not there. So it is not just what we do in terms of its correctness. It is the spiritual understanding that supports our speakings and our doings that releases the power of God. Ephesians 4.18 says, having their understanding darkened. It says, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. In fact, the assignment of the prince of this world, as Paul taught us, is to blind the minds of the people. Are we together now? So the Bible teaches that we have been called unto a life of victory in Christ. And the Bible teaches us that the singular basis for the believer's victory is on the strength of that which Christ has done. Of course, in partnership with our understanding and our acting upon that truth even in faith are we following so far the third point i want us to know as a foundation tonight is that the bible is also very clear as to the fact that there will be moments of affliction listen now haven't established the fact that the word of god is clear as to the believers heritage and destiny of perpetual victory 
and the bible tells us that the basis for our victory is christ and that which he has done are we together but the bible also is not silent as to the fact that believers will face moments of afflictions losses pain and challenges you would think the bible should be silent about these issues but the bible is very clear as to the fact that there will be moments of afflictions there will be moments of losses there will be moments of pain and challenges in the life of the believer psalm 20 please from verse 1 to 5 the psalmist wrote it so beautifully he said the lord hear thee in the day of trouble so the psalmist identifies such a moment in the life of the believer called the day of trouble this was not negative confession he's saying in my study even as a king i have come to a point where there are time periods in the lives of men even those who are of the fold even the covenant people that there is such a day called the day of trouble it says the name of the god of jacob defend thee verse 2 send thee help in that day of trouble from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of zion verse 3 it says remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt offerings we're reading to 5 verse 4 grant thee according to thine own heart to fulfill all thy counsel the last verse it says we will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our god will we set up our banners it says the lord will fulfill all our petitions so the psalmist is saying that there is a day called the day of trouble hallelujah several examples we can find in scripture of men and women who were purported to be righteous and yet had moments and seasons of very very disheartening conditions an example was as we find in scripture an example is abraham and sarah in genesis chapter 15 from verse 1 to 3 the bible tells us that after these things the word of the lord came to abram in a vision saying fear not abram he says i am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward can you imagine this kind of salutation and yet abraham was in the midst of something that was a serious problem verse 2 it says and abraham said lord god what will thou give me seeing i go childless and the steward of my house is the eliezer of damascus verse 3 and abraham said behold to me thou has given no seed and lo one born in my house is my heir do you know what he was saying thank god for all these wonderful salutations but i'm in the middle of a situation this is what matters to me right now i go childless in fact when you read chapter 16 and verse 1 give us 16 verse 1 the bible tells us now sarai abraham's wife bear him no children can you imagine that this this is abraham that the bible would call the friend of god this is sarah his wife and yet even as people who were so close to god they had such an issue in their life trusting god for the fruit of the womb and the bible is not silent about that story you would think the bible would just wrap it up and say abraham was a great man came from all of chaldeans was a noble man received a promise from god finally offered isaac and became a great man that's an intelligent way to summarize the bible but the bible goes to be that detail to tell us the concerns of that man abraham are we together 
Example number two, Israel in the land of Egypt, the Bible records that Israel, God's own chosen people, his covenant people were in captivity. You find that in Exodus chapter one, um, the full text is one to 14, but let's jump to verse eight for the sake of time. Hallelujah. Is someone learning already? That the nation of Israel, God's covenant people, were in captivity. And did you know for all that 430 years, God still called them my people and they still identified him as their God. And yet, they were in captivity. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Verse 9. It says, and he said unto his people, behold, I hope you know that the captivity of the nation of Israel started as a plan to manage fear and jealousy. That was what led, graduated to become 430 years of captivity. Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also our enemies and fight us. That was the whole basis for subjugating them. There was a time they were equal in terms of ranking and privileges. But another king came up and said, no, we can't let this happen. One day they will become allies with our enemies and they will defeat us. And so they suggested captivity and bondage as a strategy to keep them limited. Are we together now? And verse 11 now for time. The Bible says, therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramesses. These were gods in Egypt. And you read down to 14, it just tells you the captivity that God's own people went through. How will you imagine that God, who is the mighty God, is watching from heaven and not for two years, not for ten years. This is the longest time officially recorded that God's people went into captivity consciously under their taskmasters. Hallelujah. Example number three is the mysterious story of Job. We find that in chapter one down to chapter two. Just write it for reference. Up till this day, it has remained a theological debate as to the, the real spiritual lesson behind the story of Job because it takes extreme level of spiritual intelligence, discernment, work with God to be able to decipher the book of Job is, is laced with all kinds of confusion. It starts by telling us of a nobleman, the greatest and the wisest as his time in the East. And the Bible records that he was a man that feared the Lord and eschewed evil. Qualified to be called a righteous man by the standard, whatever standard was there. Now the Bible tells us that there was a summon in the heavenlies. This is where the story gets very interesting. And that Satan was also there. The Bible never called him Lucifer. At this time, it identifies him already as Satan. This is a very disturbing scripture. Because when you read from the banishing of Satan from heaven, the Bible says a place was no longer found for him in heaven. And yet the Bible says Satan came among them. 
So this can be an endless debate among theologians. That's not our goal tonight. I'm just showing you that there is such a disturbing reality and you find it in the Bible. Are we together now? And then a discussion happens in heaven and based on the text, Satan is given permission to touch everything around Job except his life. Then the Bible says that there was a day on earth can you see that the manifestation of affliction and all kinds of evil also work with times? There was a day on earth for the execution of that which was finished in the spirit. And the Bible says, one report after report, the sons, his cattle, all kinds of things happened to that man. But I love something that the Bible says happened to Job. It says that with all of these things that Job bowed his head and worshipped. What an, what an interesting, what an interesting expression. Do you know what it means that in one day you lose your daughters, you lose your sons, you lose your business, you lose everything. And the Bible says he shaved himself, he fell down and worshipped. Example number four, are we learning? The Bible talks about a wonderful woman in scripture called Ruth. You find that in Ruth chapter one and we'll read from verse 1 to 5. Now, there are two women who had the privilege of their names as books of the Bible. One is Esther, the other is Ruth. Hallelujah. The Bible says it came to pass in the days when judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife had two sons. He's talking about Naomi now. The Bible says his name was Elimelech and then the wife was Naomi. And then they had two sons, Malon and Chilion. And they got married to Ruth and to Oprah. Are we together? Just rushing for sake of time. Let's go to verse 4 for the sake of time we're reading to 5. The Bible says they took them wives of the women of Moab and one was called Oprah and the other was called Ruth and they dwelt there about 10 years. Watch affliction, watch tragedy. The Bible says the two sons also died. I don't know what kind of spirit was working there but the husband of Naomi died and then the sons that got married to them also died the bible says and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband separated from them and you know the story that looked like the end of Ruth's life in fact the woman told them when you read the full text he said look go and find husbands for yourself just leave me i'm a woman with many sorrows and then Oprah went and Ruth refused and that led to a series of events that will finally connect her to Boaz and now you know from history that she was part of the genealogy of Jesus. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Are we learning? It says, but the Lord delivered him from them all. Still giving examples. Example number five. Jesus himself. You would think because he's the son of the living God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he would be exempted from affliction. When you read from Luke chapter 22, all through, for sake of time, you just write it. The Bible tells us that Jesus himself got to a point where he had to stand before Pontius Pilate. In fact, right from Gethsemane, he looked at the people when they came with swords and all of that. He said, why are you using knives to come and catch me? I was all around with you in the temple. What offense have I committed? But this is your hour and the power of darkness, he said. Am I right on that? And Jesus was caught 
malhandled in you know with the council Pontius Pilate and you know the story went through all kinds of things until he died even the death on the cross the cross is a very interesting place I have taught you the cross is the place where both good and bad people meet there were three crosses there at Golgotha and there were three men there one among them was Jesus and the other were thieves so be careful who you talk about on the cross you might be talking about Jesus the cross is a mysterious place like the prison where both good and bad people are hallelujah Jesus number six giving you examples from scripture the Bible talks about Peter the early apostles now Peter in Acts chapter 12 from verse 1 to 4 know the story that's the story of Peter the Bible says Herod stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church reading to verse 4 it says verse 2 and he killed James can you imagine James the brother of John with the sword and when he saw that it pleased the Jews he proceeded further to take Peter also and verse 4 the Bible says that he apprehended Peter and he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending that after Easter he would bring him forth to the people you would think a great apostle who just preached Peter preached the official sermon to launch the manifestation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit how will a man filled with the Holy Spirit mentored directly by Jesus received they were the first fruits of the ministry that ushered in the dispensation of the spirit and yet this man was now bound as a criminal kept in prison hallelujah do i talk about paul and silas in acts chapter 16 that this man the bible says that they went to preach and they found a certain damsel who was possessed by the spirit of divination and by the authority of the spirit they casted that demon out and then the bible tells us that as a result they will lay them they flog them and put them in prison you can imagine paul and silas in prison bound hand and feet many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivered them from them all now please listen carefully i wrote something down here i said believers must be trained to know and respond to these periods of affliction and challenges believers must be trained because you see we live in a world where because of the loud proposition of our victory in Christ most believers are at a loss when they begin to face moments where they cannot understand what is happening around their lives their families and many believers have turned away from the things of God because of the negative situations and circumstances around them, their lives because they've tried to find meaning and perspective as to why some of these things I understand the affliction of the sinner the Bible says mark the wicked their end is destruction so I don't need to ask why the wicked is being punished I don't need to ask why the wicked is being destroyed but the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous the destruction of the sinner is imminent based on God's justice system and based on the laws of the spirit because the Bible says that um, how does he put it now it says good understanding procured favor 
that is um, Proverbs 13 15 it says but the way of the transgressor is hard the transgressor is the violator of God's principles so when people violate principles and become wicked their end is already predicted from Scripture now but how do you reconcile the righteous seeming to go through the same experience as the wicked in the face of challenges what then is the excellency of righteousness what then is the excellency of godliness by reason of what i do almost on a daily basis without exaggeration i receive calls and text messages from people many of them believers seeking explanation communicating their various annoyance and lamentations as to many things that may have befallen them from bereavements there are people who have lost loved ones and some of the loved ones at the point of death they were saying by his stripes i am healed and yet they still died how do you explain that to an unbeliever how do you explain people who got into all kinds of trouble because they refused to give bribe or collect bribe? They stood for their integrity and made up their minds that they would not compromise. And you would think their refusal, you know, their rejecting compromise should immediately bring them to elevated positions of honor. Many of them went through declines, sadly, even unto death. How about Matthiadom? Those who stood for Jesus, even at the point of death. hallelujah how about believers who have trusted releasing their hearts releasing their all how about believers who emptied their accounts serving the purposes of the kingdom and there seemed to have been a boomerang effect that has affected them when the pandemic struck it it hit believers it hit unbelievers alike and let me tell you the truth if explanation and perspective is not given to this we are going to lose many believers in the days that come because many people will be confused i understand the affliction of the wicked but it is difficult to understand the affliction of the righteous hallelujah as a man of god i have seen miracles all kinds of manifestations of god's power and I'm indebted to God eternally for trusting us with this grace and apostleship to do the things we have done. But I've had to stand and weep with people at their funerals. I've had to comfort families. I've also had to, you know, just keep quiet and give God the glory. Because in, in spite of the spiritual intelligence and the grace given, we have been confronted even as men of God with situations where it is wisest to just be silent because any other thing you say will be a communication of foolishness in light of that kind of catastrophe there are times that believers are so plagued with certain situations that the best way the best way is just to say Lord we thank you we may not understand but we thank you hallelujah I have studied this myself and by the Spirit of God I have come up with five keys and this is really the core of my teaching tonight I want you to please pay attention I guarantee you that you will need this teaching in your life and with it you'll be able to help others and if you're a man of God here please lend me your attention because you will be confronted with situations that will require this level of spiritual understanding there are five keys that are found from Scripture that is able to help the righteous 
to not only manage afflictions but to turn that affliction to victory even in the spirit you see we agree from scripture that challenges are not unusual in fact here's what jesus said in this world you will have tribulation jesus is speaking he says but be of good cheer for i have overcome the world this is not a prophet this is not some apostle this is jesus the christ himself saying in this world there is a guarantee that you will have this and that tribulation he says but be of good cheer I have overcome the world hallelujah there are five biblical keys that the Bible gives the believer as the keys that will help them to experience victory in spite of or in the midst of challenges are you ready for the five keys pray in the spirit for one minute and ask the Lord to open your understanding give us understanding even by your word many are the afflictions of the righteous the righteous businessman the righteous apostle the righteous prophet the righteous mother the righteous student the righteous politician even the righteous nation hallelujah key number one key number one are you ready the first key that the Bible gives now you must understand that the Word of God is not a recommendation that the Word of God is not an opinion it may look like a recommendation it may look like an opinion but for the believer who wants to walk perpetually in victory the Word of God is life the Word of God is instruction it says my son pay attention to my words incline your ears to my sayings it says do not let them depart from your heart keep them in the midst of your, your your mouth keep them in the midst of your heart he said they are life not to everybody to those that find them and health even to their flesh so you must take the word of god as final authority as touching anything the word of god presents the mind of god concerning any and all matters are we together number one the first key any believer any righteous person who is going through a season of affliction doesn't matter what it is called the first recommendation from scripture is to look unto Jesus please write as simple as that sounds do not assume you understand what I'm saying just write and listen to look unto Jesus to look unto Jesus now we can read Psalm 34 beginning from verse 1 look unto Jesus it says I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth verse 2 my soul shall make her boast in the Lord the humble shall hear of and hear thereof and be glad verse 3 it says oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together for I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears five it says they looked unto him is that in your Bible and they were lightened and their faces were not ashamed verse 6 it says the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles reading to 10 the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them verse 8 it says oh taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man that trusted in him 
Verse 9, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Final verse, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. It says, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Say loud, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So the Bible says to look unto Jesus. You find that in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, he says, the author and the finisher of our faith. Please look up. I can tell you it is very difficult to look unto Jesus in the face of challenges, tribulations. What does it mean to look? Now pay attention. To look means to direct one's gaze and focus towards someone or something. That's what it means to look. To look means to direct one's gaze, to direct one's focus away from other things towards someone or towards something. But then to look also means to rely on or to depend totally upon. When the Bible says look unto Jesus, Number one, it means to set your gaze upon him, not wavering whatsoever. But number two, it means to depend and rely totally upon him. Even when you do not understand him, look unto Jesus. The biblical recommendation for managing seasons and moments of affliction. Look unto Jesus. The Bible says, there is a very strange and interesting story you find that in numbers chapter 21 from verse 4 down to 9 the bible talks about the nation of israel that when they came by the way of the red sea the bible says to compass the land of edom the soul of the people was discouraged because they kept walking endlessly and it looked like there was no victory no rest for them they were hungry they were angry and the trouble started from verse 5 reading to verse 9 the people spake against god and against moses wherefore have ye brought us up out of egypt to die in the wilderness for there is no bread there is no water and our soul loathed this light bread Verse 6, the Bible says the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they beat the people and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. He says, pray unto the Lord that he takes away the serpent from us. And Moses prayed for the people. How did God answer the prayer? The Lord instructed Moses and said, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is beaten, when he looketh upon it, shall leave. What kind of an instruction is that? What is the relationship between a serpent, a brazen serpent, and healing, and life, and victory? It was not about the serpent. He was teaching them that there is life and dominion in trusting God's plan, in trusting God's way. As foolish as it is, once it is God that has spoken, he's saying even in the midst of the fiery serpents, the wisest thing to do in front of a snake is to run away, not to look. Hallelujah. It is stupid for someone to sit down and watch a serpent curl around you. Are we together now? And it's about to kill you. The wisest human instruction is to run away. Not to look at some serpent somewhere. And yet, 
that is the foolishness of God's path. He was teaching them that the ways of God may not make sense, but in them there is life. Look and leave, my brother, leave. Look to Jesus Christ and leave. Tis recorded in his word. Hallelujah. Tis only that you look and believe. Apostle, you have no idea what is happening in my life right now. It's on account of my faith in Jesus that I'm in this trouble right now. Look to Jesus. Hallelujah. To depend upon him. Psalm 1, 2, 3 from verse 1 and 2. 123 1 and 2 the Bible says unto thee lift I up mine eyes O thou that dwellest in the heavens verse 2 it says behold as the eyes of the servant look upon the hand of their masters it says and as the eyes of the maiden unto the hand of her mistress so our eyes wait upon thee O Lord until that he have mercy upon us can I tell you there's no time, but probably let me just give you three scriptures that helps us to know why should you look unto Jesus. Number one is found in Psalm 127. I hope I've not lost you. We're still looking at the first reason or the first recommendation from scripture to look to Jesus. Psalm 127 from verse 1 and 2 says, except the Lord builds a house I am showing you why you need to look unto Jesus that they labor in vain that build it and except the Lord keepeth the city the watchmen walketh but in vain verse 2 says it is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrow for he giveth his beloved sleep why do we need to look unto Jesus? Romans chapter 9 and verse 16. It says, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but it is of the Lord that showeth mercy. That means no matter what else you do, you can stretch your human imagination from border to border. If God does not show you mercy, everything you are doing will end up being moving around in circles. Hallelujah. Why do we need to look unto Jesus? Psalm 62 and verse 11. I have spoken once and twice have ye heard that power belongeth to God. When you look unto Jesus, you are looking unto the only person, the only God who has the power to do something about your situation. My Bible tells me some trust in horses and some trust in chariots. It says, but we will trust in the name of our God. This is true. Men can want to help. They may be sincere on that, but do they have the power? Hallelujah. Someone say, look unto Jesus. Let me give you one more scripture. Why do you need to look unto Jesus? At times of adversary, at times of pain Psalm 133 from verse 1 behold how good and how pleasant it is Psalm 113 my apologies 113 113 113 praise ye the Lord praise ye his, the servants of the Lord praise the name of the Lord verse 2 it says blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth forever verse 3 
it says from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same the name of the Lord is to be praised and how we're reading to verse 9 the Lord is high above all the nations and his glory above the heavens watch this now it says who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high verse 6 who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and are in earth seven who raised the poor I'm showing you why you need to look unto Jesus God is the only one who can raise men, the poor, out of the dust and lifted the needy out of the dunghill. That he may set him to sit with princes, even the princes of his people. Verse 9. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. This is what he can do. When you look unto Jesus, it may sound like foolishness in the midst of challenges because there are many times I have taught you here when God is silent the most difficult phase in the believers life is when God is silent even though he is the word there are times God is mysteriously silent and I've taught you that the silence of God is also a language you must know what God is saying when he's not speaking because when God is not speaking he's saying something look unto Jesus now let me give you a word of caution we're looking at five keys and the Spirit of God had to put it in my heart to write this down according to Matthew 11 and verse 6 it says blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me can I tell you if you've not had the temptation to be offended in God, it's either you are really a baby or you've not lived long enough on this earth. Because there are moments in your life when you feel, it's, it's almost as if you feel cheated for loving Jesus. Are we together? Yeah. John came in the spirit and the power of Elijah watch this John was the prophet who ordained Jesus to ministry it was revealed to John John had the secret code that would identify Jesus when he saw Jesus by prophecy he said behold the lamb that takes away the sins of the world now John is locked up courtesy Herodias the daughter as a birthday gift he was locked up and was about to be beheaded in anger when the disciples came to him you know what he said the same person who identified Jesus who announced him he said go and ask him are you the Messiah or should we expect another that is what offense can do the man who ordained Jesus in ministry in fact he trained some of the disciples who would later be the disciples of Jesus and yet he said Jesus for I, I've, my pain vetoes every vision I have about you. My pain vetoes anything God told me about you. I am in a moment of pain. You claim to be the Messiah and now I am locked up in prison and you do not even have the courtesy to come and visit me. I hear a rumor that as a birthday gift, my head is going and you do not even show any sign of concern. Take that message to your Jesus. The disciples come to Jesus in a crusade ground. And says, sir, we don't mean to embarrass you, but there's a serious situation. The man who announced you most, the man who cried out and said he was the voice who was sent to bear witness to you, 
is in total doubt of you right now. What can destroy a man's ministry more than somebody who loved you and endorsed you openly and is now saying, go, I'm not even sure of what I laid hands on. And the Bible says, Jesus, with calmness and intelligence, he turned and began to lay hands, healed a few people. He said, go and tell John what you see. The blind see, the deaf hear, and so on and so forth. The gospel is preached. Then he says, 11 verse 6 now, Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Lord, where were you when I was losing my job? Where were the angels of protection when my loved one was being attacked by terrorists or died in a car crash? I don't mean to get you emotional, but I'm just, I'm discussing on the afflictions of the righteous. Lord, where were you? When for the sake of my integrity as a man of God, I seem to have gone down. Where were you when Potiphar's wife was all around Joseph and because of his integrity, he didn't go to the palace, he went to the prison. The afflictions of the righteous. How do you explain Joseph holding a woman's, uh, the wife's, um, what they call it now? her veil or whatever it is he was holding how could he say that he did not have anything to do with her that was evidence enough and yet god was watching in heaven how do you explain hannah crying year after year going to shiloh how do you explain that how do you explain god's people under the rule and bondage of the egyptians many are the afflictions of the righteous let me tell you this the believer is not a believer because of results. The believer is a believer because you have committed yourself to trust in Jesus. Hallelujah. Look unto Jesus is the first biblical recommendation. I've had very painful experiences in the lives of people as I as I serve the purposes of God and sometimes you know when they can't see Jesus you who is the closest to him based on what they perceive whatever they would have told him is what they tell you hallelujah since I cannot see Jesus you claim to be the one who has come in his name you better be prepared to help me convey to Jesus and I will tell you loud and clear where was he when this happened I know many people who I called in maybe the face of bereavements and whatever and I say can we say word of prayer and they say apostle with all due respect please do not talk to me about anything prayer now and I know that they don't mean it it's just what pain can do hallelujah I heard about the story of someone who had an accident and he had to rush out and he stood watching his car burn and it burned to ashes there was absolutely nothing he would have done and that was a car that was like two months old what was the value of dedicating the car in church they poured oil on that car and it still burnt after two months how about the business of believers that went down from COVID and some of those people were great sponsors of the gospel now just follow me i'm a good pilot who will land well you just follow me hallelujah mm. how about a man of god who gathered sick people and shouted in the name of the lord that they will be healed 
and laid hands on them one by one till they arrested him and threw him out of that place and he left that crusade ground as if he was living a funeral where is the jesus i kept shouting and talking about let me tell you ladies and gentlemen i'm not just playing with words nor am i playing with your mind i'm revealing something that may be someone's situation right now and you know in the midst of challenges you forget every title you have you forget every even jesus wept very disturbing scripture john 11:35. if you see jesus weeping will you not cry too that means you are in trouble john 11:35. The comforter of those who were always weeping is now weeping. It doesn't matter why he's weeping. The fact that you saw tears coming out of his eyes. Hallelujah. Life wept. Hope wept. Victory wept. The fountain of wisdom wept. Weeping always carries a a picture of limitation when people weep it seems to communicate hopelessness or despair and the bible says jesus wept as god he never cried but when he became a man he cried jesus was angry the bible does not hide his frustrations he went into the temple and flogged people in anger he caused a fig tree because he was hungry and came to the tree and the tree would not deliver and he caused that tree look to Jesus listen to me there will be moments in your life where you truly will not be able to find answers intellectually that's why there is a realm of peace that surpasses all understanding that means that peace is beyond the realm of arguing what is this what is that remember at the apex of 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 job's problem the wife was even confused she said curse god and die and job said no why do you speak like one of these foolish women he said all the days of my appointed time i will wait i don't know what is happening to me Different people came and started communicating several opinions and Eli who one time shot them and he said you guys I respect you I wanted to speak but I have a limitation in age he said but there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty make it men of understanding Job himself who encouraged himself in the Lord got to a point where he was angry and when you read chapter 38 the Bible said he summoned God he said God I've finished comforting myself we need to talk please come and explain to me the reason behind this pain and the Bible says God came in a whirlwind and a discussion began hallelujah look unto Jesus number two depend on him number two now let me give you number two commit to prayer even in the midst of pain even in the midst of hopelessness even in the midst of despair commit to prayer that is the second point james chapter 5 and verse 13 james 5 13 is any among you afflicted let him pray the bible says let him pray when you see afflictions you see despair you see all kinds of things he says to pray it is difficult to pray when you are in pain that is where spirituality is tested lord i do not know what is happening but i pray i pray 
Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5.17. It says pray without season. First Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without season. Someone say prayer. Shout it again. Say prayer. Prayer is very, very powerful. When you do not know what to do, pray. It is in the place of prayer that direction comes. When you do not know what to do, pray. Pray even in the spirit. Pray in your understanding. I don't know where the solution to these bills will come from. There's already a death sentence around my life and my children health-wise. You do not know what to do, pray. The Bible says the biblical recommendation for managing affliction is to pray. Man of God, pray. Businessman, pray. It does not take a certificate to pray. It takes hunger and passion and the recognition that there is a God that rules over the affairs of men. Say pray. pray. Commit to prayer. That is the second biblical key. Every time you do not know what is happening in your life, that is not the time to start running from pillar to post, discussing things with people who don't have the power to solve your problem. Can I tell you the truth? Running around will only deplete the energy that is left. Use that same energy, lock the door, and begin to pray. And sometimes, you honestly may not know how to pray. You may allow your tears do the prayer. And while you sing, or you may allow prayer to just come from any material while you soak in the glory there pray 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 I thought I would get the job now this is the 10th year 15th year 5th year without a job pray someone in the hospital has already said forget about me just focus on the children as for me I am going pray Listen to what I'm telling you and please take it seriously. Pray. Man of God, since pandemic, it looks like your ministry just went down. The key is to pray. Discussion may be consoling, but you have to pray. You can pray yourself to comfort. You can pray yourself to faith. Prayer is like exercise. Nobody likes it, but you have to start. Once you start, something happens to you. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and What a privilege to carry everything Most people will do any other thing but pray they will cry which is human and which is okay but they will not pray prayer has nothing to do with um, whether you have the appetite and the desire it is a requirement you must pray number three let's hurry up is God speaking to someone number one look to jesus meaning depend on him even when you do not understand him the word trust is the word bata trust in the lord that means to throw yourself at him expecting him to hold you and like the hebrew boys that even if you do not deliver us oh king we have made a determination that as far as jesus as far as god is concerned we will not bow that's why you see conditional christianity is dangerous the kind of christianity that says god i will only serve you based on the fact that you bless me no 
God is a covenant-keeping God, but our love for Jesus and our love for the things of the Spirit must be beyond the results that come. That even if I'm in the midst of fire and rescue does not come, let it be that I die trusting Him. Are we together? Number three, what is the third approach to dealing with afflictions as a believer? Are you ready? Meditate upon and speak the word over that situation. Meditate upon and speak the word over that situation. Meditate upon and speak the word over that situation. Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. Joel, Joel, J-O-E-L, chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. It says, let the weak say. Hold on. Where do you have the strength to say when you are weak? There is always strength to say, even when there is no strength to do. You may not have the strength to do, but God will always ensure that the strength to say remains with you. That when you lose every kind of strength, there is within your spirit man the strength to say. The strength to say gives you the strength to do. Let the weak say. Let those who are crying say. Let those who are discouraged say. That means in the mind of God, there is no situation that happens to the believer that should make him lose the ability to say. There is always strength enough to say. Let the weak say, I am strong. He never said, let the weak say strength. I am strong to personalize it and to believe it. Let the weak say, I am strong. Isaiah 3 and verse 10. Isaiah 3 and verse 10. Say unto the righteous, the same righteous with many afflictions. He said, say to that righteous that it shall be well with him. Someone say it must be well with me. In fact, say it is well with me. Prophesy to yourself, say in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that it is well with me. Don't mind what the devil is saying. Say in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that it is well with me. Say unto the righteous that it shall be well with them. Yes. I know I will come out of this. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the person in debt say I will come out of it. In the name of Jesus. Because thanks be to God that causes us to triumph. Say unto the one who has lost the breadwinner in their family. Father is gone. Mother is gone. And you are alone. I may not see wind. I may not see rain. But one thing I know is that my valley shall be filled with water. Because there is Abba. The one who never dies. And the Bible says that if he can clothe the lilies of the valley. And feed the birds that do not sow. And do not reap. They are violating a fundamental spiritual law. Yet in it they never lack. Hallelujah. Meditate on and speak the word. Can I tell you, when you learn to speak the word, it's not a Pentecostal suggestion. 
speaking the word is part of the frame do you know god is very powerful and he has taught us the bible says he created us in his image and in his likeness his likeness means to function like him and all through scripture we see god create by speaking he blesses by speaking he restores by speaking he lifts by speaking every time god opens his mouth something leaves his mouth that ministers life to creation the bible says even for man that he breathed upon that man to breathe upon the man does not mean he used his nose he opened his mouth and life came and entered into that man are we together speak the word psalm 107 from verse 2 and 3 psalm 107 from verse 2 and 3 let the redeemed of the lord say so let the blessed of the lord say so let the healed of the Lord say so. Let the lifted of the Lord say so. It's not enough to know so. You must say so. Whom he had redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse 3. It says, and gathered them out of the lands. From the east and from the west and the north and the south. Say so say so in the name of jesus i'm coming out of this situation in the name of jesus the lord is my light and my salvation of whom shall i be afraid of i may not understand what is happening to me but in the name of jesus the bible says all things work together for my good i expect glory at the end of this confusion i may not know what the process is all about but i know the end that the end is glory and is glorious and upon that i place my faith learn to say so Learn to say so. You don't say what is happening. You say what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Meditate upon and speak the word over that situation. Is someone learning? That means as you return back now, you can carry whatever is the, is the basis for the challenge, the affliction, whatever it is. You continue to make declarations. Even if it looks like it's a hopeless situation, like death, because the most um, the, the, the most hopeless thing that can happen to a man as far as this side of God's kingdom is concerned is that the person passes on to glory. So physically you may not see the person again. Even at that, you may not have the person back again but you can decree and declare in the name of Jesus. I know that the comfort of the spirit is at work in this family. It may be a difficult thing but by the power of the Holy Spirit with each passing day strength is released upon us and whatever role that person played in the name of Jesus God will come through. God will raise men in multiplied ways to play that role. See, there is a way the believer was designed to function. When you allow emotions to drive the vehicle of your Christian life, you will end up being a disaster. Sincerely so. You will need to push emotions aside and peg yourself at the word of God. No matter what you feel, that which God said, you must say. Are we together? The word confession comes from the word homologio. It means repeat as you have heard. And the purpose of repeating it is for creation, not just for emphasis. I prophesied as I was commanded and there was a sound. Is someone learning already? I'm giving you biblical keys. Number one, I said, look unto Jesus, depend totally upon him. Number two, commit to prayer. Number three, meditate upon and speak the word of God over that situation. Over that situation. Because every situation has an ear. And believe me when I tell you it can hear the word of the Lord. Are you ready for number, 
Number four, now listen carefully. Please listen carefully. Number four, seek comfort, prayer, and help from friends and the family of believers. I will take it slowly. Seek comfort. The righteous now in the midst of affliction. Seek comfort, comma, prayer, and help from godly friends and from the family of believers. This is, you can start this because it is a very major secret to overcoming afflictions. Seek comfort, prayers, and help from friends and the family of believers. In Acts chapter 4, when we read from verse 21, please give us Acts chapter 4 and verse 21. Remember when Peter and John were threatened as a result of the man at Get Beautiful who had been healed? So when they had further threatened them, it says they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Next verse. It says, for the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. 23. And being let go, they went to their own company. Everybody said their own company. So they had a larger community of believers where they could resort to, to find company. The Bible says, and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had done. And together as a company, verse 24 now, the Bible says, when they heard the company, they lifted their voice. Say they. Not just the one person. He came to a company of believers and they could find comfort. They could pray together. They lifted up their voice unto God with one accord. Listen, many believers do not survive afflictions and tragedies and negative situations because they lack these four points. Many believers do not have a larger company of friends and like-minded believers. Did you know it is a terrible thing for a believer to not be connected to a larger body of believers? Because when, when disaster strikes like this, no matter how powerful you are, you will need the company of believers to shield you and encourage you. There are times the sermon you hear will not come from yourself. It will come from someone else speaking to you. Are we learning? 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 25. It said, brethren, pray for us. There are times that as much as you may want to pray for yourself, you may not have that energy. But there should be some brethren that you can honestly say pray for us. Even though we are apostles, do you have the brethren that can pray for you? Do you have the brethren that can love you, that can come and shield you? Hallelujah. Philippians 1.19. Philippians 1.19. For I know, Paul is speaking, that this shall turn to my salvation. How? Through your prayer. Paul, the prayer warrior, is saying, I require the prayer and the shield of other believers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. For this fourth point, I wrote something very interesting here and I please want you to listen. I said, living an isolated Christian life will not profit you in the day of adversity living an isolated Christian life hallelujah an isolated Christian life 
in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, when you read from verse 9 to 12, it talks about the power of unity. Two are better than one, it says, because they have a good reward for their labor. Reading to verse 12. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he had not another to help him up. It says, and again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12 now, it says, and if one prevail against him, it says, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Living an isolated Christian life will not profit you in the day of adversity. Can I tell you? Having brethren, having godly friends, and having a family of believers who love you and know you and support you will require you sowing seeds of love, sowing seeds of care, and sowing seeds of help to believers too. You have to make those investments waiting for these days. Now, let me tell you the truth. The proof of your being connected to a spiritual family is not attendance, it's genuine connection connection that is proven by service and your own impute also attendance does not mean you have a spiritual family have you registered your impact by registering your love by registering your care who knows you are there who has been a beneficiary of your kindness there are many people who attend believer meetings, but nobody knows them enough to come and knock on their door and say, I heard that you have been crying for the past two days. You have blessed me too much. I will not leave this place. Your home is my home. Your tears is my tears. Let me tell you, woe betides a man who has not spent his life investing and sowing seeds of love, seeds of kindness, because you will find, do you know, there are believers who go through pain and they go through it alone because they have not made any commitment to anyone nor any spiritual family enough no track record of service no track record of giving no track record of prayer no track record of support they just freelance participation unfortunately for those people who betides that believer do you know there are many believers who have cheaply come out of affliction because of the power of a larger body of believers why is your face gloomy like this? I've not been able to pay my rent. I'm not an irresponsible person. It's just that things have been happening in my life. How much is the rent? Ah, I'm even afraid to say it. It's 1.5 million. And you may not even know the person you are talking to. He will say, come and see me tomorrow. You thought he will give you rent. He will give you the key of a house. And say, I have watched you. Every time when it's time to collect offering, I see your service in the house of God. I, you always have that smile, that glow when people are sad. I've taught you that challenges are as large as the ignorance of the victims. You see. Invest in strategic relationships. There are many of you who will not call on anybody. When you hear that people are sick, it's none of your business. When you hear that someone is in trouble, it's none of... Once it does not affect you, it is none of your business. No. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. 
and you'll be making investments and you will be surprised moments where you need help the body will come and wrap their hands around you and say no let that sword pierce us instead of touching you you have made too much commitment there was a woman in the bible remember that some a woman who died in the bible and people came and said look at what she this woman cannot die who will continue doing this can i tell you you can prolong your life using your kindness and benevolence your contribution to the program of god can be so significant god will not allow any devil to take your life are we together this will require you sowing seeds of love sowing seeds of care sowing seeds of help to many believers matthew chapter 5 and verse 7 it says blessed are the merciful jesus was teaching he says for they shall obtain mercy galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 there is such a concept as the household of faith it says as we therefore as we have therefore opportunity let us do good to all men say do good to all men then it says especially unto them who are of the household of faith can i tell you you have heard me say it, but let me repeat it if your absence is not missed it means that your presence was not contributing much you know that you are an active contributor to the program of God because people should be able to detect your absence. Where is that lady who always smiles on Sunday, whose glow can even, if you are sad and you look at that lady, where is she? And someone says she lost her mom. He said, well, I don't know her, but let me know where, can I send something to that lady? Believers are quick to wrap their hands around people who become active contributors to the growth of others. There are others, listen to what I'm telling you. This is very powerful. It is a terrible thing to not have a friend, to not have somebody who loves you and believes in you, who can cry. You see believers go through situations alone. No. Let me repeat number four again for emphasis seek comfort prayers and help from godly friends and then from the family of believers it's a culture in this ministry to make sure that all who are genuinely connected to this ministry as much as possible are shown the care and the love that is needed as much as god can grant us grace to do I do not believe in using people. I believe in people being blessed. And for as long as God grants us the grace, we'll continue to extend hands of love and benevolence, all wise, as much as God grants us grace. Hallelujah. Growing up, I used to wonder why our parents and elderly people, every wedding you see them there, every burial. And you are wondering, what, is it that you know everybody? They return back and they say, I'm traveling somewhere. Who is getting married again? Uh, one woman like this, I used to know her in 1971. I heard that her last one is getting married. And that's why you are traveling to the south. They return back. They are moving from pillar to post. And in our foolishness as children, we thought they were just wasting time. Can I tell you, you know how much you are invest, you've invested in people because like Gideon, when you blow that trumpet, 33,000 people should show up. Why are you crying? My child has not been able to go to school. No, not under my watch. 
please allow this i will leave this child's education to me i remember when i was in primary school i remember you were there for me can i tell you the truth the law of seed time and harvest works powerfully powerfully there are many today your carelessness of yesterday has become a padlock to your destiny it locked your destiny and threw the key away that every time you want to move the memories of your carelessness of yesteryears i'm praying in this service in the name of jesus that the god of all mercy will show someone mercy you believe that shout aloud amen the body of believers don't just be an attendant be connected genuinely in truth there is always something that you can do to add to the smiles of believers and build quality godly relationships how do you do that by being friendly i have taught you and by being an active contributor to the growth of people practice the law of honor don't downplay and demean people and expect them to invest their time and attention during the days of adversity no people will reciprocate based on their perception of who they think you are are we together this is very, very important. As tired as I can be sometimes, there are people, if I see their call and I, I see their text, I will make efforts to get up and respond. Why? Because I love everybody. But the truth is that their participation and their contribution in my life is not at the same level. Are we together now? Yes. What investments are you making now for those days? Man of God, does somebody believe in you enough to say I will never watch you in shame? No matter what it is, I will come and wrap my arms around you and make sure that I stand by you to see that this rent issue or this financial issue gets out of the way. Can I tell you, depending on yourself by yourself to come out of affliction and challenges may end up burying you there. Sometimes you will need, even if you are Jesus, you will need Simon of Cyrene to help you carry that cross to Golgotha. And woe betides even a savior who does not have help. Is someone learning? Build godly relationships. Be kind. Be loving. Don't just be anointed. Don't just be a prayer warrior. Don't just be a word giant. In the face of affliction, people do not care. I have taught you, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People will not come to help you just because you're a prayer giant, just because you're a word giant. Sometimes it's that sense of compassion and honor and empathy and you will be surprised how people will arise to come to your rescue. May you never lack helpers. I'm prophesying to you that in the name of Jesus Christ, may you never lack helpers. That at every point in your life, may there be someone who can arise genuinely and sincerely. I've taught you in discussing destiny helpers, let me do a one minute recap. I've taught you that there are four kinds of destiny helpers. Let me run through them very quickly. Number one, they first are called divine connectors. They do not have the solution to your challenges, but they know who has that solution. And they always are bridges. For instance, the slave girl connecting Naaman to Elisha. 
divine connectors do not have the power to solve your problem but they know somebody who knows somebody who can connect you and statistic tells us that everybody is maximum of four people away from where your solutions are no matter how serious that problem is four people strategically arranged will connect you and your solution Number two, men of influence. The second category of destiny helpers, men of influence. These are men who have the credibility, they have the track record, they have the ears of the territory. Their endorsement about you and their speaking over you can rewrite age-long narratives in a moment. One person can sign a signature and say, truly, this man is supposed to go to prison, but at my influence, I write something and that's it can I tell you God still works with men who, and there are men who are gatekeepers whether they are believers or not I've told you that there are gatekeepers you don't cast away God grants you favor to be able to pass through them some of you have been grounded at this point afflictions have remained indefinite in your life because you do not understand the power of destiny relationships the power of destiny helpers men of influence one person his signature can give you a job his signature can veto whatever limitation and grant you access everything you see on earth is controlled by men behind every system is a man and that man has a will he has an emotion even if he's the unrighteous judge that was in Luke 18 a man who does not fear God nor regard men that's a dangerous man may you never meet such a man in your life I say may you never meet such a man in your life a man that does not fear God and does not regard men you can't talk to him about God you can't bribe you can't do anything you're in trouble does not fear God does not regard men but the Bible says a weak woman came and used a strategy to weary that man away until he avenged her adversaries there is always a man behind every system on earth and let me tell you when God wants to help you he gives you access to great men don't insult great men don't insult rich men don't insult people who have paid the price to rise to certain positions rather obtain wisdom by God and say that God should strategically position you Joseph you need Pharaoh to manifest your destiny Daniel you need Darius you need Nebuchadnezzar to manifest your destiny and these are systems and people who God himself recognizes are we together now number three you need gifted men I'm teaching I'm just doing a quick recap on destiny helpers to buttress point four you need gifted men especially for many of us here who are businessmen or even men in ministry one gifted person can save you financial leakages one gifted person can bring efficiency to your life beyond your imagination the best corporations in the world sometimes are behind them are a few intelligent people who are making global impact redefining civilization the whole corporation is sharing the glory but the truth is that the brains behind them may not be more than four or five gifted men finally and maybe not most importantly but more importantly burden bearers 
I told you that the assignment, burden bearers are not after your titles. They are not after whoever or whatever you are. They are after you as a person. Burden bearers may not be able to move you forward, but they have an assignment to stop you from going back. These are men who will cry with you. These are people who will see your nakedness and still cover you and cry with you. May God send burden bearers to your life. In the name of Jesus, the son of the living God. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him from them all. So the charge here is to build godly relationships and to make meaningful contributions within the spiritual family that you find yourself. You are in koinonia here. Make, I'm not talking of finances. Finances about the least contribution you can make. Your prayer, your participation, that through your life, someone is loving Jesus. Through your life, someone is encouraged. Someone who would have left the things of God is now drawn back through your life. Hallelujah. Can I give you the last? Number five. What is the fifth biblical strategy? When you are in a season of adversity of any kind, engage the prophetic. Engage the prophetic. Engage the prophetic. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13. Hosea 12 and verse 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. One more time. And by a prophet, the Lord. It was the Lord that did the deliverance, but he used a prophet. And by a prophet was he preserved. Every time believers went through seasons of adversity, seasons of affliction and tragedy, midwifing their breakthrough were the ministry of prophets. Is it the exodus of Israel from Egypt? Is it the axe head floating in 2 Kings chapter 6 from verse 1 to 7? Hallelujah. Is it the wife of the Shunammite? Uh, I mean the, 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 the wife of the sons of the prophet? Is it the Shunammite woman? Is it the widow in Zarephath? You can name all of these people. Is it Samaria? The land of Samaria going through famine. Every time there was affliction, a negative season, whether to people, whether to nations, whether to businesses. Affliction can never turn to victory, isolating the prophetic. Genuine, authentic, apostolic, and prophetic ministry has a role to turn people's captivity around. It is a mandate and a mantle that God has placed. Listen to me. Let me assure you, God has anointed men. God has laid his hand upon men. Men that if you believe and open up your heart to receive of the spiritual investment in their life, I guarantee you like night becomes day, affliction can turn to victory right before your eyes. The prophetic is a potent ministry in spite of abuses. When I say the prophetic is a combination of the apostolic and the prophetic. Yes, there are abuses across the globe. Yes, we hope that God, especially in Africa, will fix some of these excesses and these mistakes here and there. But do not make a mistake of throwing the baby under bathwater. The, Jesus needed three major prophets in his life to emerge. One, Simon of Cyrene. Two, Anna the prophetess. Three, John the Baptist. Jesus as the word. You ignore the prophetic, especially in the times of adversity. You do that to your detriment. One, prophetic declarations. Do you know? I've told you, 
when I sit back and I watch people share testimonies, you would think that because God used me to birth this testimony and this has happened so frequently, I should be used to it. Sometimes I stand as a spectator and I'm watching the wonder-working power of God that with one utterance, backed up by the anointing of the Spirit, like that which will come upon someone this night, in the name of Jesus, that you'll see doors just like that. Because, listen... The Bible says he confirmed the words of his messengers. He confirmed the words of his messengers. One prophet stands over Samaria and says, by this time tomorrow. He was not speaking to a company. He was not speaking to a region. He was speaking to a whole nation. And a foolish advisor stood by the king and said, no, this cannot happen. Let me tell you the truth. Be careful what you say cannot happen. The kingdom of God is a compendium of infinite possibilities waiting for you to engage with understanding. And one of it, I assure you, is the prophetic. I have watched with all humility people rise from grass to grace by the, at the instance of the prophetic. I am a beneficiary of the prophetic myself. speak and doors just open oh let it be well with you let doors be open and that's it i'm telling you it is it's still a wonder how the prophetic works that one declaration and the spirit of wisdom moves in motion and even if it is four lepers the holy ghost will begin to arrange insignificant conditions that insist and ensure that you come out of that situation you're not the first to go through a financial situation. You're not the first to go through an embarrassing situation. You're not the first to go through a health challenge. Listen, the Bible says the thing that was is the thing that is and is the thing that is to come. I guarantee you by the integrity of scripture, there is absolutely nothing happening to you that is happening the first time. The Bible chronicles men and women who weird afflictions until they wrought victory out of them. That time will fail me to talk of Gideon and Jephthah and Barak, men who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, shot the mouth of lions, women who received their dead back to life. The Bible says the things that are written aforetime, they are written for our learning so that we through patience and the comfort of scripture might find hope. Hope that I will come out of this. Hope that I will have the last laugh. Hope that the ministry will rise again. Even if you are Samson, your hair can grow again. Even if they pluck out your eyes, listen, there are three things they, would, they were supposed to remove from Samson to destroy him. Satan did not remove the third one. And that was what brought the greatest victory. His hair, his eyes, his hand. His hair was cut off. His eyes was plucked out. But his hand was left. And it was with that hand, he said, God, no matter what I've done wrong, grant me one last time. And while the hair was growing back, the eyes could not grow back, but the hand came and he pushed. The Bible says he killed more people in his death. Even if you are Mephibosheth, who went through, I've taught you about Mephibosheth, the mystery of the carelessness of a midwife. Mephibosheth's tragedy was not because of his carelessness. A midwife did not handle him well and he made him crippled. There are situations you may be having right now that you do not have any active role in making it happen. They met Jesus and said, who's seen that this man was born blind? 
Was it him or his father? Jesus answering said neither, but that the glory of the Lord will be revealed. The Bible talks about a widow who was losing all the men in her life, had lost her husband, now had lost her only son. Her life was shattered. But just when they were about to cross the gate of name, here comes Jesus. When you see Jesus, you see hope. When you see Jesus, you see restoration. When you see Jesus, it, it's a symbol that light can come at the end of darkness. Listen to me. A 33-year-old body was hanging on the cross and you would think that was the end of it. Even Satan believed that was the end. Men believed that was the end. Kings believed that was the end. Principalities and powers believed that was the end. But many are the afflictions of the righteous. Provided you are righteous, there is a guarantee that the Lord, that the Lord shall deliver him from them all. From them all. Financial afflictions, marital afflictions, ministerial afflictions. My Bible says, many not few many are the afflictions of the righteous hallelujah sit down we'll soon pray one of the most tragic renditions of affliction in the bible was the story of the man Job. you would think that after losing his sons and his finances that would be the end of it the bible says another conference was held in the heavenlies and again, Satan demanded to touch and afflict his body. And boils began to come out of the body of Job that could not be explained. Everybody ran away from him. Do you know what it means to be the greatest man in the East? It's like maybe, let's say for want of what, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and then you see them on the streets of somewhere in the United States, and you say, what happened to you? And he says, in one day, not one year, one day, everything crashed. The friends of Job ran away. The family ran away from him. Everything that was, where were the people that he raised in his journey to becoming great? They ran away. It was only him and his wife. The same way it was only Jesus and Mary. And then the Bible says, Job 42, hallelujah, and verse 10. This is the Jesus we serve. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. I don't know who I'm prophesying to, but in the name of Jesus Christ, I call upon the God of Jeshurun, the one who is able to turn night to day. Let every captivity in your life give way in the name of Jesus Christ. Let every captivity in your life give way in the name of Jesus. I'm a winner man, a winner man. Is one might matter for me. I'm a winner man, a winner man. Is one might matter for me. I'm a winner man, a winner man. Is one might matter for me. So when you see any believer, whether a man of God, whether a businessman, whether a family going through affliction, just ask them, are you the righteous? If they dare say yes, begin to dance and rejoice in the midst of the storm. And they will be wondering, what is the meaning of this madness? You tell them that I came for koinonia and I heard a message that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But there is a guarantee that the Lord, not an angel, the Lord will deliver him from them all. 
Hallelujah. Let's finish Job 42, 10. And the Lord turned, give it to us, the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much. So God can do that. God can go that far to give me twice what I have lost. He never said twice money, twice influence, twice anointing, twice joy, twice grace. Anything a man lose, the Bible says God can restore. Don't you think I'm motivating you? This is a prophetic word that no matter what it is, listen, you may say apostle, but the person I'm talking about has died. God can bring 10 fathers, 10 husbands. God can bring one person that is equivalent to 10 sons. I know you may never see your loved one again because they have gone, but you find comfort. Number one, that you will meet them again, but that in the interim, as far as shame is concerned, it is not you that will see shame. I can imagine passing through a place called Lodaba. You would have seen a popular crippled man called Mephibosheth. And you look at him and say, what happened to you? Then he would begin a story. It's not my fault. Maybe I would have been a great man, but the midwife, as my mother was bringing me forth, the midwife was careless. And because of the carelessness of that midwife, my limbs became crippled, never to walk again. But one day, this same Lord again. A king is sitting in the palace and he becomes restless. The king called David. Out of the many things that would have occupied his mind, he begins to think and say, is there anyone in the house of Saul that I may show kindness? Saul is long dead and he spent his life persecuting me because the mantle for kingship had transferred to me. However, is there any man in his house? And they said, there is nobody. Oh, however, there is one crippled man called Mephibosheth. And immediately he sent for Ziba. He said, Ziba, go to Lodeba. Go and fetch that crippled man. You did not bring anything unclean to the palace of the king. But he said, for this one, you are exempted. They brought the man and he thought they were going to kill him. What have I done now? I don't even have the energy to fight or look for trouble. Why is the king looking for me? So this is how my life is going to end. Not knowing that this God, once you are the righteous, the Bible says that the Lord will deliver you from every affliction. He brought him to the palace. Listen, when he brought him to the palace, he said, Ziba, you have 15 sons. Their assignment to be to farm and make sure that there's endless supply for this crippled called Mephibosheth. But as for you, you will dine with me here all the days of your life. So don't be surprised that after this service, someone calls you and says, I don't know what was happening to my spirit, but in the name of Jesus, God has said to stand by you in ministry. God has said to restore the battle you have been fighting for 10 years, for 20 years finally comes to an end. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Look at me. Never become ashamed of your battles. It is common to all men. 
fight the marital battles with dignity fight the academic battles with dignity I know that you may be an orphan stand in integrity and fight the fight of faith don't act as if you are is, is a unique thing or oh, you are a man of God and probably it looks like ministry is not growing don't be ashamed stand tall and fight it with dignity I'm a man of God but four of my children are wayward and it's, it's a bad testimony don't worry many are the afflictions of the righteous you fight with faith lord i dedicated these children to god almighty now i hear that they are drinking all around and wasting their life i call upon the one who turns the affliction of the righteous and you begin to pray and sometimes you may be discouraged and you find comfort within the body of believers listen let me advise you and I'm doing this by responsibility. Let me advise you. Make sure as a believer, you do not add to the pain of people in church. Are we together now? When you hear that people are going through things and issues in their lives, your assignment is not to be a rumor monger multiplying people's pain. Okay, yes, the child is behaving. He's not a responsible person. He's all around doing all kinds of things. What can we do as a contribution? That's a believer's response. I may not know the family, but let's hold hands and invest a two minutes prayer. Oh Lord, for the sake of your name, let this man of God not see shame. And all of a sudden they will tell you that the child came for koinonia. And it did you not matter what overflow he was seated, that the power of God fetched him out and that was the end of that demonic thing. And you watch that one soul now becoming Paul. listen i don't claim to know everything but let me tell you sincerely i have watched god transform people i have watched people's night become day i have watched the relegated in every dimension become nobles become people of dignity and honor creator of the universe what can you do? What can you do? Jesus. One more time. Listen. He's the creator of the universe. What can you do? What can you do? Jesus. You're the name above every other name what can't you change what can't you change can I tell you ladies and gentlemen look at me if you had seen some of us maybe some 15 17 18 years ago you would never imagine that would be the same people being used by God. I don't know who has concluded about you. I don't know what devil. I know you may not carry a semblance of the palace, but when you are chosen, you are chosen. It's as simple as that. The lifter of men, the lifter of men, the one who can wipe away the tears of men. Listen, listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, 
something good can come out of Nazareth. Whatever Nazareth means to you. Apostle, right now, I'm in a network of all kinds of problems. I have financial problems. Maybe I'm suffering with the police. Maybe in ministry. Perhaps you've not even been doing ministry properly. You are just playing all kinds of games around ministry and things have not been working well and your life has plunged down right now. Like Samson, I assure you, provided you can answer that name righteous. My Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Mama, hear me. I know you have cried and you have cried over your children, cried over your job, promotion that is due 10, 20 years you've not been lifted. You are looking for promotion when God is talking of restoration. There is a big difference between promotion and restoration. Promotion means to go higher. Restoration means to gain time, to be brought back to where you would have been. Hallelujah. I want you to believe this because the next five minutes I'm going to pray and prophesy over your life from the depth of my spirit. We have been given the grace to bless, to speak and to create possibilities. This is the assignment of the prophetic. And listen, don't you sit down and say, Apostle, you don't know the trouble I'm in. I'm owing 10 billion, 100 A's. Even if it's 10 Naira, it's still faith that will bring you out. Apostle, can I rise again as a man of God? I started working in the prophetic, but I got, I dappled into all kinds of things. And right now, it looks like that grace is not there. We're wrongly mentored and we're just playing games. Provided you answer that name righteous, something can still happen. How about those trusting God for the fruit of the womb? How about those trusting God to end all kinds of yokes and curses family curses marital curses financial curses ministerial curses this is why he sent you here this one thing i know about god is that god lifts is that god restores is that god is able to wipe the tears of men that you look at your former self and you cannot even know again that people look at your life and your life becomes a sermon Everybody who looks at your life, a series can come out of your life and people can say, you mean this is what God can do? Everything I've said is found in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10 to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. I will hold on through the storm I will hold on to your word My life will soon reveal You're the lifter of men The lifter of men No matter what I'm going through I will hold on through the storm I will hold
man of God you will rise again because you are the righteous businessman you will rise again because you are the righteous I speak to every family here north east south and west you will rise again ah that statement e cupboard that has been used over your life the departure of the glory that men look at your life and it looks like it's a warning and a lesson to others this God that you call the one that can turn the life of men around when God arises from his throne it says let God arise let God arise let God arise and all his enemies be scattered let God arise and financial affliction scattered let God arise and every curse and every yoke be scattered can I tell you let men laugh at you while you look to Jesus let men laugh at you while you pray let men laugh at you while you speak the word let men laugh at you while you enjoy the comfort and the blessing of the church let men laugh at you while you receive the prophetic you have received the spiritual combination victory is a formula something plus something plus something plus something is what equals the manifestation of victory Lord, you took my pain away, and then you gave me joy. You're my peace, my melody in the center of the storm. You gave me a brand new song to sing to you. That's why I will lift up my voice and sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm not wasting your time. I want you to listen very carefully to me. There are many of you here, as beautiful as your clothes may look, as wonderful as your faces may look, it's like there is you are you are being torn apart by situations. Maybe someone is watching me from a hospital. You have served God with all your life, but here you are by yourself or with a loved one. And literally that loved one is going or maybe there is a family right now that has been bereaved and as I'm speaking right now people are just crying and saying God where were you you've taken the pain and the sorrow away. you've given me peace and no need to cry cause you're always with me you're my father my everything me please look at me do not be afraid of your wounds no when you see a patient in the hospital about to go through a surgical procedure no matter how healthy that patient is before that time 
you lie down as though you are helpless and then once the anesthesia is given sometimes the patient is even sleeping losing consciousness and watch what happens the doctors can be there for hours removing things replacing things all kinds of bypasses happening and at that point if they told you that were a human being you would not even believe it i've had the opportunity to watch a few delicate surgeries where they had to literally take part of a man's skull out and walk on the brain walk on several things you know remove tumors and all of that and sometimes you see heart bypass surgeries and all kinds of complicated surgeries for hours and literally you are watching a supposed dead body there you would think that body will never come back to life and while the doctors are working sometimes they themselves become afraid because of what they see but then eventually they seal that person up and in a few hours the person just wakes up and pain and from one moment to the other and after a few months that same person is running around and you cannot if you will never believe that person was once there can i tell you the truth you are not the first to fail in ministry everybody has had a share of, of failure and pain you are not the first to fail in family i know your marriage is about to tear apart all kinds of things are happening and you are wondering lord but i love you i've served you all my life probably you are someone you are a student you are not doing well you love the lord you have options to compromise i was touched when i heard the testimony of the gentleman who was here said he bought all kinds of rams because you are looking for results and you see the thing sometimes with the body of christ is that we are experts at multiplying the pain of people when you find people who are going through seasons and moments of pain this is a call to the body of christ we must learn to be people of love it does not bring glory to god when we continue to celebrate the pain the downfall whatever it is of one another that's not the way the kingdom works once upon a time the disciples were going with jesus and they saw some other people doing ministry and they did not understand what they were doing and the disciples requested for permission from jesus should we call down fire on them because you are the only one it's only your voice that should be heard you are jesus and truly jesus was the voice and yet jesus said do you not know what spirit you are of in other words that's not part of your ministry i'm here to heal i'm here to mend i'm here to lift i'm here to bind man of god don't be ashamed of the fact that you are serving the Lord and it looks like there are financial issues. Don't worry. The God of heaven is bringing wisdom and is helping you. You may become the discussion of many people, but it's good they are aware so that there will be witnesses when you rise. They will say, this one is not fake. I saw it. I saw the man needing millions of dollars for their building. And I, I saw how God raised people mysteriously. I saw how the children, none of them could go to school because of poverty. But I also know through their life what favor is. That one person stepped into the family and rewrote the story. I don't know what you are going through, but the Lord sent me this morning and this, this night to speak to you and to let you know that the word righteous and the word affliction is not strange.
the word righteous and the word affliction sometimes can go hand in glove but it is defeat that should not be that you never never settle and say i am finished don't use that word for yourself jesus already said it for you and he never said i am finished he said it is finished you are not permitted to say i am finished you only say it is finished you may cry but i want you to know that god is the lifter of men my life is a testimony god raised some of us to be an inspiration to a generation that you should not make a mistake to doubt god only a fool will say there is no god if you ever doubt whether god can help men my life it is written on my life ebenezer god who can help men hallelujah so as you see the businessman right now battling with loans battling with trouble what you should do as a believer is to invest prayer and to encourage them you will come out of it a politician who lost election maybe somebody who things didn't work out for don't find joy in adding to the pain of people it is an antichrist luciferian spirit are we together don't worry man of god oh i hear you were doing ministry playing games and doing all kinds of things but i'm happy that you have now repented genuinely you can start from where you are and the God of heaven can lift you with the dignity of kingdom integrity. I hear you are a business person and you lost the deal. Things have gone bad. I hear you are a lady who, who, who always have to sleep around to raise money, house rent. But now I hear you have made up your mind to work with God. Don't feel bad. God can help you right from where you are. Can I tell you, when anybody laughs at you, just verify if you are still the righteous. Once you find out that you are the righteous, give God praise because I can assure you that sooner or later anybody who laughed at you will have to bury his head in shame forever can I pray for you now I really want to speak over your life tonight and I want you to believe it you're going to pray one prayer that in the name of Jesus, every discouragement, every mountain that stands before me, I announce to you that I am the righteous and therefore I am coming out of it. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Following online, pray. Azaria family, make sure you are praying. In the name of Jesus, someone is speaking. As a man of God, a businessman, career person, politician, parent, whatever the situation is, it says let the weak say so the weak can say the weak may not be able to do the weak may not be able to rise but the weak can say and the moment you can say all other things will begin to fall in line someone open your mouth and pray speak over your health speak over the failing business speak over the marital issue Speak over the ministry issue. Speak over the job challenge. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Someone is praying. Many are the afflictions. Someone pray in the hospital. You are in the hospital, but make sure you are praying. You've lost a loved one, but make sure you are praying. You may be crying listening to me, but make sure you are praying. 
you may be discouraged offended with God but make sure you are praying many are the afflictions of the righteous Nigeria Africa I know things may not be as we want for now because of all the economic issues there but many are the afflictions of the righteous I dare to say Nigeria is a righteous nation therefore the Lord will deliver him from them all Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times, but he leaves them with an assurance that he will rise. That the righteous preacher can be afflicted. The righteous mother can be afflicted. The righteous family can be afflicted. The righteous business can be afflicted. The righteous laborer can be afflicted. The righteous prophets, the righteous apostle, the righteous teacher, the righteous pastor, the righteous evangelist. You find out you're a man of God and it looks like there's some sickness in your body. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Don't join all this hypocrisy and all of that. You pray, get people to pray. You need to go to the hospital, go to the hospital and treat yourself with nobility. It does not make you less anointed. Take responsibility over your life and your health while you are trusting God to strengthen you. A day will come you will overcome that realm of that epileptic condition. You can stand strong but until then you owe yourself a responsibility to be serious. Your child is wayward. Don't be ashamed and don't be afraid. Believers can come and stand by you. We can pray and cry together and say, Lord, we will not lose this one to the devil. Hallelujah. Yes. Your business falls up. It looks like things are going wrong. No problem. Go and listen to my message, Principles of Restoration. There I teach on five reasons why people lose things. There are things you may need to learn. There are corrections you may need to make. There are all kinds of things. But by all means, let that word, I am righteous. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am righteous. And because I am righteous, the Bible says, even though the afflictions are many, it leaves me with an assurance that the Lord delivered him from them all. It never said from them. It says from them all. You will hear testimonies of people who will come and tell you, I did not believe that God could bring me out of this. There are many of you who will sing and dance with tears coming out of your eyes because you, you, know, you will look at what God is doing in your life and say, God, even me. There's a song we used to sing. Is it too high? Take it down for me. He says, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad 
that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me even me. Listen, I'm indoctrinating your mind to believe that if there are two people on earth and they say, who does Jesus love? You should have it at the back of your mind. Be indoctrinated with this revelation. I've told you, if God says he's going to bless 10 people in Koinonia, I'll start praying for the remaining nine because I know one position has gone at the instant of that statement. It is the truth. I have convinced myself to believe that he loves me. It's not just some emotional blind thing that does not have a basis. When I had a revelation of what he did for me on the cross, and that even though he's exalted Lord and King, he doesn't want to take a chance, he's still making intercession for me. Was that not what Job did for his sons? Paradventure. That's the responsibility of a father. It may not look like it, but you will rise. It may not look like it, but you will shine. It may not look like it, but in the name of Jesus, I am praying for you. Listen, let me pray for every parent here. In your lifetime, you will see God lift your children. I'm saying it from the depth of my spirit. And while I'm speaking respectfully, some of them are in beer palace right now. While I'm speaking, some of them are somewhere, maybe internet fraud. While I'm speaking, some of them have vowed all kinds of things. Don't worry if the prodigal son could come back home. I assure you, by the God of heaven who delivers the righteous, I'm praying again for every parent. In your lifetime, you will have a cause to rejoice. Hallelujah. Now, before I speak over your life, I want you to mention the areas. I leave you with God for the next one, two minutes. What areas of affliction have you seen in your life that you truly desire that the Lord will take this out of your life? I want you to open your mouth and pray. I'm releasing my faith with you and I'm about to speak over your life. You will marvel and wonder at the power of this God after tonight's service. Go ahead and pray. He has given us the grace and the unction to speak been commanded to bless and this we must do but i like you to release your faith don't spare don't be quiet don't let the devil lie to you that god cannot bring you deliverance someone is praying is it your marriage is it finances is it your health is it your ministry is it a new level in your life is it your work with God, your prayer life, your word study life? Is it your family? Go ahead and pray. It says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. It says, let your request be made known unto God. In the name of Jesus Christ, let me pray for you now. Oh, speak from the heavens and the earth will hear. Oh, speak from the heavens 
And I hear from the earth Oh, speak from the heavens And the earth will hear My altar is calling you Oh, God My sacrifice is calling you My altar is calling you My altar Let the fire from your altar touch my body. Let the fire from your altar touch my body. Let the fire from your altar. Listen, I've shared with you my story when the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to me. He stretched his hand towards me and light at his brilliance. That light, and it didn't, it didn't shine on me. It entered me. When that light entered me, how I survived and did not die is a question I will ask him when we go to heaven because no man can receive that kind of light and still survive. As I began to study on light through the years, I would learn that the light of God is the basis of his illumination remember sight is the eyes plus light sight is not because you have eyes if you enter a dark room even if your eyes are correct you would not see because it takes a union of an eye and light to equal sight so light entered me but then I also read from Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 4 amplified it says, and in that sun-like splendor is the hiding place of his power. That the power of God hides in his light. When you buy a perfume or you buy whatever product, they don't give you the products that you bought alone. Usually, it will come in a container. Am I, am I right on that? Or a carton or some packaging. You don't really need the packaging per se. The beauty and everything sometimes you can buy perfumes that are so small but then the whole packaging can look like you are carrying a, 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 a maybe an ac or something and you keep opening layer to layer and there you find the small thing it's when you apply it you will know the value of that small thing as small as it is am i right on that so when the word of god comes contained within it is his wisdom contained within it is his favor but contained within it is his power so what he was doing to me, Jesus, was not just working on my mind and my spirit. It was an infusion of spiritual power. That it is from the abundance of that which we receive that we speak over people, over cities and nations. And literally shift the spiritual climate of men, systems and structures. No man can do this. It's not just about speaking. I'm saying this so that as I speak over your life, you truly believe with your heart. You can stand and spectate and yet nothing happens to you. But your heart can be open 
the Bible says blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord we have not come just by ourselves we were sent and he said when I sent you lackest thou anything he equips when he sends are you ready to receive in the name of Jesus the son of the living God the one who has raised men and the one who has anointed men I speak over your life and I speak over your destiny every affliction that has brought you tears that has brought you shame that has brought you pain in the name of Jesus the son of the living God I decree and declare that affliction comes to an end now 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 he said they are taken for a prey and none say it restore I've come as a voice of restoration and in the name of Jesus I prophesy to someone between now and the end of June I stand by the God who has raised men the one who has given the grace to appoint unto men in the name of Jesus between now and the end of June return with strange testimonies return with strange testimonies I program strange testimonies around your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to everyone in ministry here. I don't know what has brought you down. I don't know what is the area of struggle, but I prophesy to you, rise to the place of prophecy. Rise to the place of destiny. Rise to the place of prophecy. Rise to the place of destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ. You may be here and your affliction has to do with losses and pains. You lost money. You lost things, you lost relationships, you lost opportunities. In the name of Jesus, like Samuel prophesied to Saul, I decree and declare, may that missing donkey, whatever it is, I command it to return back to your life. I command it to return back to your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare, you see, Look at me. When it has to do with the world of men, the way you pray over men is different from the way you pray over things. Because things were not given dominion, so you can command them. But when it has to do with men, you can't command men per se because God honors their will. Are we together? But there is a name God is called, the Father of Spirits. Have you heard of that name before? The Father of Spirits means every spirit can be summoned by him the body is a slave to the spirit even those who practice witchcraft know this when they summon people they don't summon their bodies your body can remain in the room there and they can summon your spirit and manipulate it and return it back to the body and you wake up a victim of what has happened in the spirit there is a name God is called the father your boss is a spirit you know that your business is first a spirit. Ah, yes, sir. James said in chapter 2 and 26, a body without a spirit is dead. Situations are alive because they have spirits connected to them. If you separate that situation from the spirit, the situation will die because it becomes a body without a spirit. 
are we together I'm saying this because of the prayer I want to pray for you I may not have the power to command a human being to come to violate their will but I can say like Michael said the Lord rebuke you so I can call on the God who is the father of spirits and cause him to summon the spirit of your destiny helper and insist that they find no rest till they bless you in the name of Jesus Christ and insist that they arise by the spirit and partner with prophecy over your life I decree this in the name of Jesus Christ the father of spirits watch him in action when he woke Ahasuerus from sleep the Bible says that night could not Ahasuerus sleep because the father of spirits needed Mordecai to be blessed watch the father of spirits move and he granted a dream to Pharaoh and Pharaoh was troubled by that dream and he could not sleep until Joseph came to limelight until Daniel came to limelight when God moves as the father of spirits, men never rest until men are blessed. Mm. I'm praying it again. I don't know who has been ordained by God to be stationed around your life and your destiny. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I call on my God, who is also your God, from now to the end of June, may the Father of Spirits summon every destiny helper. In the name of Jesus Christ. And every negative spirit that has been attached to situations, prolonging them, there are situations that are no more natural when listen listen when spirits participate with bodies they create longevity to whatever process there is that means men can bless you based on the law of time and chance but when the spirit of favor comes upon you there is longevity to that blessing it does not stop are we together the same way watch this the same way somebody you can get a slight headache just as because of a wear and tear of your activity but when a spirit partners with that condition it will now have longevity the assignment of spirits is to sustain processes to bring they are the longevity factors anything you see staying unnecessarily long is already an indication that there is a spirit component that disfavor has stayed too long there is a spirit component are we together now that business issue that can be solved in one day has taken three four years there is a spirit that one is within the office of the believer to deal with let me speak over you that every unclean spirit like the Bible calls it a spirit that is not of the Christ that has attached itself to any situation around your life manipulating it and creating pain I separate you from that spirit now I separate you from that spirit now I separate you from that spirit now and I decree and declare let the blessing speak on your life let the blessing speak on your finances let the blessing speak over your family let the blessing speak over your ministry let the blessing speak go and prosper in the name of Jesus
rise and scale heights in destiny in the name of Jesus I speak life to your prayer life life to your word study life in the name of Jesus Christ no one under the sound of my voice will die prematurely I say it again no one under the sound of my voice will die prematurely in the name of Jesus Christ and for one last time let me speak favor over you for God's sake let your heart be open to receive in the name of Jesus I prophesy this grace that is called favor let it rest on your life let it produce extraordinary results men rise into your help men rise into your rescue God using men to roll away shame to roll away reproach in the name of Jesus Christ Thank you Jesus thank you Jesus so shall it be so shall it be so shall it be in the name of Jesus keep standing for one last time everybody you are in this place tonight I started my teaching by saying my concern tonight is the affliction of the righteous the key word in all of this discussion tonight is the word righteous, not even the word affliction. Your only immunity in doing business with God is that you willingly receive of his life, thereby qualifying to be called the righteous. This whole business of this night is about the righteous. One who has received the abundance of grace, like the Bible says, even the gift of righteousness. And this happens only through Jesus. For the Bible declares that God so loved the world, like we read earlier, that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever, the blessing is for whosoever, believeth on him should not perish, but have life everlasting. There are many people here by the spirit of God who are saying, Apostle, I came for service to be blessed, but now I cannot say I am the righteous because I have not placed my trust in Jesus Christ. I want to make it right. You want to make that relationship right with Jesus, some for the first time, and for others, you are truly rededicating your life to Jesus. You are making this decision consciously. Wherever you are, I want to give you a minute. Leave your seat with all boldness and conviction. Remember, I told you there's nothing to be ashamed and afraid of. Jesus is able to give you a new beginning right now. Whether you're in Zaria, you're here in Abuja, all the overflows outside, and for our global family connecting from anywhere across the globe. I count one to five, and I want you to leave your seat boldly and come and stand here. Jesus is speaking to you. Do not fight it. Win that war. I begin my counting now. One. Let's celebrate them as they come. Run to Jesus. Two. Come. Come. Your story is about to change by the lifter of men. The lifter of men. Come to Jesus. Please hold on through the storm. Hold on to his word. Your life will soon reveal. He's the lifter of men. The lifter of men. Apostle, I want to come out, but I'm ashamed of my friend. I'm ashamed of my family. Leave them and come. This is a destiny decision. The wisest decision any man can make under heaven. 
is to receive of the life of Jesus. The Bible says there is no other name given unto men by which we must be saved. Those who are following online, make sure you connect by faith. And as I begin to pray with them, I want you to participate very fully in the prayer. If you are coming, come quickly. I'm about to lead them to pray now. I see people coming from outside. Please rush and come very quickly. Double up your steps so that you can make it and then we'll pray. Let's celebrate them as they come. They are still coming. Coming to Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior, Redeemer. Hallelujah. I thank and celebrate every one of you for making this bold decision. The Bible declares that as many who will come to him, he will in no wise cast away. I appreciate your courage. Thank you for standing boldly to make this decision. May I please request that you lift your right hand as a sign of surrender high above your head and say this after me as loud and as clear as you can. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I have heard your word. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again for my justification. Right now, I receive Jesus into my heart as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I declare that the power of sin, Satan, hell, and the grave is broken over my life. From tonight and forever, I am a child of God. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. Father, thank you for these precious ones. The Bible declares that as many who will come to him, he will in no wise cast away. By the authority of scripture, I declare your sins forgiven. I call you bona fide recipients of the life of God. And I declare that the power of sin, Satan, hell, and the grave is broken over your life. From tonight, you walk in victory and you walk in liberty. You go forward ever and backward never. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Now, please let me request all of you who have come to the front. Um, let's, let's see one of these gentlemen. Um, let's see Kayode or anybody. You can just talk to our mother. Yeah? Let me just give one person room. Aside from our mother here. Please let me request everybody just move. You can go, Mama. Don't worry. They'll have a word with you. And everyone, please move to my right, which is your left. The counselors will have a word with you very quickly. And then you return to your seat. Let's honor them as they go. Give them a big hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is this the best you can do, Koinonia? Celebrate salvation. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Just two quick announcements and then we're done for tonight. Thank you very much. Let me again appreciate all uh, friends and family, those who have come, especially our international guests. Thank you so much. Always an honor and a pleasure to share fellowship and faith with you. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. And then next week, um, we're going to be waiting upon the Lord next week. So next week, please, everyone, Koinonia Global. We're fasting. You can break anything from, let's say, 3 o'clock so that you have enough time to be able to refresh before you come since it's a night service and it's extended. Please, i like you to fast and pray. The prayer emphasis will be on all our platforms, so make sure by Saturday night into Sunday morning, the request will be there. Just take some time. You can pray as a family. You can pray as individuals who are waiting upon the Lord and trusting God that this June will be an extraordinary time 
in your life. You believe that, shout a loud amen. amen. Hallelujah. Please stand as we share the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, all the days of our lives as we dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you and see you next week. Lord, you took my pain away and then you gave me joy. You're my peace, my melody in the center of his word. You gave me a brand new song to sing to you. That's why I will lift up my voice and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cry cause you're always with me You're my father